When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show podcast. Tonight, we are back for another amazing episode. We have an awesome guest on the show who is a content creator in the Destiny community. He's a Warlock main. He is unapologetic about trace rifles, and he is the master of barbecue, delicious food, and all things crucible he's a content creator on youtube and twitch he is the amazing Hathmatics. thank you so so much for joining us tonight and it's so great to have you here thank you for having me i'm really excited this is actually my first time appearing on a podcast so um i couldn't be more excited about it so uh thank you again no dude thank you thank you for joining thank us you. and we're excited to have you here first ever podcast that's exciting you're going to have a blast. We have a lot to talk about tonight. And of course, we have Shadow Price here. Shadow Price, how's your evening going? Going pretty good. It was a pretty good uh, week, too. We got the E3 announcements. Xbox and Bethesda did their thing and pretty much killed it this E3. And then we waited patiently for Nintendo. And what were they going to announce on Tuesday? And what did we get? Oh, my God. A new Metroid game. A new 2D Metroid game. Metroid Dread. Metroid 5, a game that was actually dead. Like, it was basically, they couldn't make it because at the time the hardware wasn't, it, it just, and they split up the teams that were working on the, the original uh, Metroid games. And they found a good developer to do it, Mercury Steam. They did Samus Returns on the 3DS. And secretly they were working on this game and then they surprised everybody, like, uh, on Tuesday. And it was just, oh my God, I was so happy to get the game and then it's coming so soon it's coming in october and i'm just so excited to be able to play a new metroid 2d metroid game on my switch while we wait for metroid prime 4 patiently and of course breath of the wild the sequel to breath of the wild that looked incredible i mean that game is going to be amazing too right i mean it's going to include like the world open world and now the sky it's going to be open sky too so can you imagine all the open world at the bottom and then everything that could be in the sky like dungeons in the sky and just so many cool things and i'm just super excited like about everything oh and destiny of course you know so well we're going to begin witch queen next year so gotta love that too as well but just great time to be a gamer super 
happy about that. I can't help but to think that we have a little bit more from Bungie other than the Witch Queen coming. I, I really think we're going to get something more in between. It's going to be a nice surprise. Maybe it's going to be another dungeon. That's possible. Yeah. But I, I think that, you know, Bungie is not done this year. I think we're going to get more. I don't know if you all remember, but it's the 30th anniversary of Bungie. It is. You know, and we have Bungie Day coming next month. So we have a few few surprises that I think we'll see from Bungie. And today, a couple of the developers, um, they ended up posting that they were back at the studio. And in the background, you can see camera equipment. So it was very apparent that they were recording something. And I, I think it was symbolic for what's to come perhaps for Bungie Day. So we'll have to keep an eye out for that. And Guardians, tonight on the show, we have so much to talk about. We're going to talk about the Crucible and the state of the Crucible in Season of the Splicer. We'll talk about barbecue. We have Path Maddox here, and we're going to put him on the hot seat tonight for our discussion with the Guardians. We're going to chat a little bit about E3 this year, and we have a weekly update from Bungie that came out early today, an early TWAB. It was really surprising to see a TWAB come out around noontime. Normally, you were like scrambling to find the TWAB each and every week. So thank you, Bungie community managers, for giving us bread. They probably had it done way beforehand. There was just so much gaming news this past week. So there, there has like... been a lot of gaming news. They're just waiting for the, all the announcements, waiting for everything to settle down. And they're like, all right, we have it ready, so let's just put it out there. And, you know, interestingly, I've noticed that, you know, we have some more stuff from E3 this year, especially if you're a first-person shooter fan. We have Halo Infinite that was just revealed. We had Joseph Staten on the stage showing off Halo. I mean... That was awesome to see. It looked really and good. Like, they've come a long uh, way as a game. I think that I'm I'm personally very excited about uh, Halo, and it's going to be a very fun game to play. And it's free to play if you have Game Pass Ultimate. It's the ultimate value. If there was anybody to get that game and steer it in the right direction, it was Joseph Staten. You know, he knows the franchise so well. He worked on all the great Bungie Halo games. Um, he's he he saved that game, basically. He did. Yeah, he's 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 left a legacy on the entire gaming community. And if whether you're a Halo fan or a Destiny fan, you really respect this man and all he has done in the industry here. So exciting stuff there. And of course, Starfield was finally unveiled at Bethesda's E3 and the guest the guessing game is out we know that it's going to be exclusive on Xbox and PC what do you all think about that did, did you both think it was the right call to make the game exclusive I think so you know why 7.5 billion dollars that's why yeah that's, Microsoft that's a lot put, of money. put up the money and this is one of those perks you get when you put up that money. You can just call your shots after that. You can make 
Billy's Games exclusive. Play in our ecosystem. Play here or play on PC. We don't care, but join us here and, you know, we'll welcome you. Yeah, I mean, money always talks. So, no, I, I agree. Uh, it makes sense to have it exclusive. Um, I'm not really one for console wars. I want as many people to be able to have access to it. But ultimately, it is a business. So uh, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how this affects Sony. Um, but I'm sure they will have their exclusive titles that will be coming out. So there will be more stuff there. Um, I am pretty excited to play Starfield. It it looks pretty cool from what we saw at E3. Did um, that moon area look a little Destiny like to you guys? I mean, I think so. It, I, it definitely I got a little Destiny vibes. Yeah, a little bit. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> like, and that's a good thing. That that only benefits us because if we go to like a game that's like familiar, and you know, just like you know we can kind of ease right into it like okay this is something i wouldn't mind playing and trying out and you know just see how it is you know so looking forward to it yeah no absolutely it's it's going to be exciting and um i did pre-order the special edition of metroid dread that will be coming out in october so i did get that bread exciting times there uh, also, there was an amiibo that came out. I, Shadow Price, I tagged you in that. Did you pick up the amiibo? No, I, I unfortunately... You did not pick up the amiibo. Did you not, not get it in time, or was the decision to just... Yeah, I I didn't get to get it in time. Um, so I'll, there'll be more opportunities, I think, um, to try to get it. But yes, I have, absolutely, I want it, because it's Metroid, and I have the other amiibo for Samus Returns that I just turned around and I'm looking at on my shelf and in all its glory. So I, it's, I have to have it. Metroid's one of my favorite franchises, so. Yeah, I think Metroid is going to be a really fun game. I mean, I saw the trailer for it. It looked really, really good. The treehouse that happened after the E3 Nintendo event, that was really cool to see some more gameplay of metroid although i did notice that they skipped some parts because they wanted to avoid giving away any spoilers so um, yeah that's cool and one more thing that i do want to mention about nintendo's e3 the sequel to breath of the wild while it does have a different name nintendo confirmed they aren't going to unveil the name because of concerns over giving away spoilers. any spoilers about what the game yeah. will be so we will have to wait just a little bit longer to know what the name is officially however we know it's coming out in 2022 and pre-orders are now live in most places whether you're looking to pick up the game on amazon or best buy it should be widely available for you to pre-order it's just called breath of the wild 2 on there because they <laughs> the game is not named yet because they don't know they exactly. just don't know yeah um yep. Now, so we, we're going to put Hathmatics on the hot seat tonight for our discussion with the Guardians. We have so much to talk about. Hathmatics, I hope you're ready. I hope I'm ready, too. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's get started. So the first question we have for you is, how'd you get started in Destiny and the Destiny community? Okay, so <clears throat> um, I'm a... Halo 1 guy. Uh, so I, I started with, I've been a Bungie fan since whenever Halo 1 came out, I think 20 years ago or whatever that was. 
Um, and I've closely followed pretty much every title from them since. And when I saw Destiny coming out, all of my friends kind of got together and we tried to figure out what console we were going to buy. And since Destiny had more content on PlayStation, uh, we all decided to buy PlayStation 4s. And I've been involved in the Destiny community since the beta. I'm not quite on that D1 alpha vet level, but I'm, <laughs> I'm almost there. Uh, and we, you know, my, my, my first memories were playing with my buddies uh, and going to the moon and just getting absolutely rolled by that skull and crossbones ogre uh, that was kind of like uh, underneath the, that one area in the Cosmodrome, just completely ruining our day. There was that. Um, so I go way back, and I've only taken a few breaks here and there. Um, PvP really kind of keeps me engaged and, and gives me something to play for. Even if it's just, you know, I, I only have an hour to play or 45 minutes or something, I'll just hop in and uh, I'll just solo queue in 6v6 or 3v3 or whatever um, just to kind of unwind at the end of the day. So uh, I've been in here, I've been in the community for a very long time, and uh, I can definitely say that uh, I've sank more time in Destiny than any other game uh, ever. Yeah, we can confidently say that ourselves, <laughs> actually. That's, uh, yeah, that we're yeah. beta boys too. So You're I mean, beta boys too? Nice. Yeah. And in yeah. last week, we actually did something. We looked up our record in Destiny, how much time we have spent in the franchise. And... Uh -huh we came to realize that it's like four or not 4,000, 5,000 hours in destiny, which is, that's a it's lot a, of time playing it's one a game. amount of time. And, you know, I mean, kudos to Bungie for giving us something that has evolved and stayed current for seven years and is really kind of at a Renaissance right now. Um, with the way that I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but I, I feel like there has been such an enormous shift with, beyond light in storytelling and everything and i've never been more excited about pve content in the history of destiny than i am right now so um i mean i, I i'm here i mean i'm all in for for years i i don't see that changing yeah i, I think we, we all feel the same way you know we're all in this game till the very end you know i think that when you put in so much time into one single game it becomes a part of your life and it becomes something that, you know, it's just, it's, a, it's not only a game, it's a community, it's friends, it's your character. And I, I think there's an emotional attachment with your guardian, with your character in the game, right? And that's why so many people in this community are so passionate and, and so vocal about how they feel about the game because they truly care. And if they didn't, they wouldn't play it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean the, the the last thing that you want is a is a silent fan base because there is no passion in silence. So um, I'm sure some of the feedback that's that's given to the developers you could probably do without. <laughs> There's some of it that's you know maybe better than others, but uh, that just shows how passionate the fan base is. And given the length of the franchise, it, it really is a, an impressive feat for them to still have so many people engaged and have this type of a of a rabid fan base seven years into it with what appears to be another five years maybe even longer uh still ahead of us so um very impressive work by them yeah absolutely i, I think bungie really kills it every time that they release new content they always know how to build the excitement in the game and to make everybody just listen and pay attention 
uh, whatever they come out with, every time there's a new trailer, every time there's an announcement, there's so much excitement around it. Like, think about Thursdays. Thursdays are an exciting day because we have a whole new update from Bungie, and it could be a large update or a small update. Regardless, everyone's excited. Everybody is tuning in and listening and creating content. And I think this community has so many talented people from artists to musicians to YouTubers to streamers, people who do so many amazing things, and including yourself. And man, every time I see your Twitter feed, you always have the most amazing looking food all the time. And I was curious to learn, how did you get so good at barbecue? And how did that whole journey begin? Like, what do you, what exactly do you do? I know you do catering, correct? Um, yeah, on the side. So I do. And, and by the way, I'm sorry if my if my microphone volume is fluctuating here. Um, I'm I'm trying to get my volume dialed in. Um, but I started doing barbecue catering for uh, for family members last year. I did a. Uh, I, I used to do parties and things like that. They they would reach out to me and say, Hey, you know what? We're doing a Fourth of July party. We're doing this, that, the other thing. Could you, you know, could you make us ten racks of ribs, uh, so on and so forth? And I started doing that and every single time i would go people would tell me i don't know why you're not actually doing this like what, what is wrong with you just do this on the side people would legitimately pay for your barbecue so then COVID happened and i was furloughed and i was looking to try to make ends meet so i decided to kind of dive in and, and started actually selling barbecue on the side and in doing so i was smoking so frequently that I just started getting better and better and better. And something that used to be just a something that I would do maybe five or six times a year, I was doing two times a weekend. And I kind of perfected it, I, I fine tuned all my recipes, and people were literally paying me to get better at one of my favorite things in life. And it was just such a crazy phenomenon for me. Um, and my inspiration came from my dad, who we used to have a pool uh, when I was growing up in our house and we used to have all of these pool parties and he would just break out all the stops and just throw epic barbecues, uh, ribs. Uh, he would smoke steaks and do reverse sears on them and he would do all kinds of stuff. Uh, and he, he'd go all out with injections and all, all sorts of crazy things. And that just kind of stuck with me. And then when I finally got my house and I got my smoker, I decided that that was something that I was really interested in. He bought me a smoker, and that was kind of where things started. I started with something that could only fit about maybe four or five racks of ribs, and now I have a smoker that can fit 32 racks of ribs or 16 full briskets. Oh, and that's the so, way to go, right? A smoker. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, there's no yeah. way to, to feed as many people as you can other than pasta. But, I mean, you know, with barbecue is kind of an entirely different animal, and you can feed so many people, and... It's just so good. It's just like it's especially things like pulled pork. It's just it's hard to mess up pulled pork if you have any semblance of an idea of what you're doing. As long as you treat it right and you're bought in and paying attention to your temperatures, it's pretty easy. It's just time consuming and a lot of people want to rush it. As long as you don't rush it, it's going to come out great and everyone is going to love it and they'll always remember that specific barbecue. So it's it's something that I'm very passionate about, and I'm blessed to be able to do that and, and make a little money on the side. Um, as I get a little bit better and, and word starts spreading, hopefully in the future, it'll become something that's more consistent versus me only doing it once or twice a month. 
maybe it becomes my full-time career. I don't know. Uh, we'll see where life steers me, but um, I, I'm certainly enjoying the ride so far. That's really That's cool. Awesome. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. So do you have specific recipes that you use that your dad has taught you or like, do you find recipes online? So my dad taught me a few things. Um, really the biggest thing that he taught me was techniques and how to maintain a fire. Um, his recipes would constantly change. He was never, he always wanted to experiment. Every single smoke was different. So he was really big into uh, trying different liquids for injections and really just, he wanted every single smoke to taste different to figure out which one was his favorite. So when I started, I kind of started doing the same thing and then realized that I wanted to go much more simple and I wanted to cut down on ingredients because it's, it ends up being really messy when you have 20 different ingredients in a rub and your injection, you've got all these injections, you're buying apple juice, you're doing all this stuff. It's just, it ends up being too much. And as I was scaling and starting to do 15 racks of ribs, 20 racks of ribs, six pulled pork, uh, or, I'm sorry, six pork shoulders, it just, it was impossible for me to keep up with those techniques. So I ended up spinning off and doing my own thing. Um, I have my own rub recipes. I have my own sauce recipes. I have my own techniques. But he, his were his techniques were the foundation, and he is the one who kind of inspired me to even begin doing this at all. Uh, and he's since, he actually bought some barbecue from me during COVID, and he was thrilled about, uh, you know, how far I've come and said some very nice things to me, which was, which meant the world to me. Oh, I got a question. If you're going to get a smoker, yeah, what what are you looking for? Like what, what brands are the best smokers? Like, do you want an electric one or a charcoal one? Or like, what, what are you looking for? For Excellent question. Um, and it's, it changes by the person. So if you're doing something, if you're looking to do something professional, like catering, uh, you'll, you'll want something that's either offset, but you'll want to use hardwoods. Um, so the brand that I use is called Meadow Creek. I bought it from a food truck owner who kind of outgrew his smoker and was looking to go with a uh, something that he could attach to his truck and, and wheel to different sites like breweries and that kind of stuff. And I got it on a crazy discount and it was like the greatest value ever. But if you're looking for just smoking for yourself and maybe some family members, in my opinion, you really can't beat a pellet smoker because of the ease of use. It's literally... It's a, it's a set and forget situation where it auto feeds the amount of pellets needed to keep the temperatures at the perfect level. So you could throw a 18 pound brisket on at 8 p.m. and then wake up at 8 a.m. and it's, you know, almost done. Whereas with something like, like mine, I have to go check my temperatures every 10 to 15 minutes to make sure that they're dialed in and feed it more wood. And it's, it's a all day, very labor intensive labor of love. So it really does depend. Uh, electric is great for that same set and forget on smaller scales, um, but you don't get the same amount of flavor from an electric. So flavor from the pellet one, right? Exactly, exactly. See, so, yeah. in okay. from a flavor perspective, the best is actual hardwoods. Um, so it really just depends, though. If if flavor is the most important thing to you, I would say go hardwood. If a combination of ease of use and flavor is most important, go pellet. And if just overall price point and convenience is most important, then electric is perfect. But ultimately, if, if you're thinking about doing it, get a smoker, get started, figure it out. Uh, and hopefully you love the, the, uh, the hobby and you get into it and feel free to ask me for questions on 
you know, rubs, recipes, techniques, that kind of stuff. Oh, so like a wood pellet grill smoker would be like uh, something. Does it say have to say hardwood or is it is wood? Like? Wood is, yeah, so like a, a pellet smoker, like a Traeger specifically, those are like premier, the best pellet smokers that are out there. They have a Wi-Fi app so you can change temperatures from your phone oh, cool. or sitting on the couch. I mean, it's, it's the greatest. So if you're looking pellet, Traeger is the way to go. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking on Amazon right now, and I see some Traegers on yep. there, actually. Somebody in, so, the, uh, in the chat, Critter from the chat, he's got a Traeger, and he's, he loves it. I've, I've got several friends that have, that have them, and they just rave about them. So strongly, strongly endorse the Traeger brand. Um, I, very cool. I personally use the Meadow Creek, but uh, if, if I weren't doing catering, I would probably own a Traeger. It'd be in my garage right now. Super cool. Thanks for that advice. Yeah, for sure. I'm curious about something. What's what up? is your favorite food to smoke? What kind of meat do you prefer to smoke? That is an excellent question. Um, I think I'm most well known for ribs. Uh, and I think Ooh. ribs fit the, the sweet spot of timing. Ribs take me about six hours. Now, granted, I have to, the way that I do it is I marinate them two days in advance. Um, so there's a lot of planning that goes into it. But it's only six hours on the smoker. Whereas something like a brisket, depending on how big the brisket is, if it's an 18 pounder, that'll take me about 20 hours. Uh, same thing with pulled pork. It takes about an hour and 15 to an hour and 30 minutes per pound with pulled pork. So I don't love smoking them. Um, I do it for catering because it feeds so many people, but ribs are my favorite just because they're, they're, they're freaking delicious. I mean, let's, let's be real. They're awesome. And do it's, you make your own sauce or do you? 100%. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Really? Every single time, every single awesome. weekend, I make my own sauce. I've got my own recipe. Um, last, cool. I think it was last weekend, two weeks, uh, two weekends ago, I did a catering event and they asked me to make it a Hawaiian theme. So that was totally outside of my comfort zone. And my wife and I put together all these Hawaiian sides and made our first ever Hawaiian barbecue sauce with a very heavy dose of uh, pineapple flavor in there. And it was honestly delicious. And that would be awesome on ribs. It was, I Oh my it God. was so good. It was yeah. so good on pulled pork. It was so good on ribs. Um, I actually think I might like it better than my classic barbecue sauce. And everyone raves about the classic, but I think the pineapple might be better. It was absolutely delicious. It just adds that, like, um, just the two combined together was, gives yep. it such good flavor. Exactly. Yeah. Just like yeah. nice little subtle note behind it. It just gives it a little bit more complexity. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it was awesome. Very cool. And you're making me hungry. <laughs> I'm making myself <laughs> hungry, to be honest, and I just ate. <laughs> yeah. Might have to get some of these, uh, these ribs sometime that you're talking about. <laughs> right, like, right. <laughs> I'll, uh, you know, do, do some sort of, like, airdrop or something. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so we know you're a Crucible player. We know you're a big PvPer. Uh, tell us about your PvP roots. How did you get started? How did you get better? Great question. Um, so I started back in Halo, really, and that just kind of carried me into Destiny, but I didn't really start getting serious until Trials of Osiris came out. So right around the Taken King time, I started getting a little bit more serious, and uh, me and my two buddies would play every Friday night and every Monday night for, God, years. And that was our thing. And that's how we caught up. That's how we kind of stayed in, in contact with each other. And you know, we would talk about life and everything in between matches. And I realized that um, 
as I was playing more than them, as they started having kids that I felt more and more, uh, not pressure, but I, I've had a, a stronger interest in helping them get to the lighthouse. And I realized that since I had more time available, that it was really going to be up to me. And I kind of took that burden on and decided that I would start to get serious about it. And that just playing casually wasn't going to be enough anymore. And that I, I used to have these like spurts, every single card where I would just be on fire and I would dominate. And then I would fall off a cliff and I was trying to find a way to be more consistent where I could be that dominant throughout an entire card. And not only for like a match or two. Uh, so I went to crucible playbook uh, and I started listening to crucible radio. I found a post from uh, my buddy Keen Koala on Scrub Mentality and the whole use whatever, don't apologize mantra that kind of stuck with me. And then I started doing my own gameplay review. I started recording on PS4 and I would take notes and I would, you know, analyze things like crosshair placement and did I double peek that sniper and how did I move through cover here? And I, I was starting to nitpick my gameplay. And unfortunately, I never got quite good enough to uh, get both of them to the lighthouse um, by myself but I've certainly elevated my game and I'm a much more confident player and I feel so much better about it. And I, I have more fun now than I, than I did back then. Uh, I'm very competitive and losing bothers me. So uh, fine tuning my gameplay in that way and taking the, the fine tooth comb to it to kind of uh, even out some inefficiencies really helped me enjoy the game to a new level. That's cool. Um, what what a like accomplishment too to be able to take one of your kids to like the lighthouse that that's that would be so cool even for me if i were able to do that someday that would be awesome yeah. for sure yeah yeah um just for them to be able to experience that you know even you know like I, i'm looking forward to hopefully playing you know a raid with my son here pretty soon you know it's especially once crossplay like comes like yeah that's gonna be great next season yeah well it's it's confirmed for next season and even this week at during the bungee update um they did mention something about preparations for crossplay as well so it is coming very excited about that and i love the fact that it's opt-in for pvp so obviously there's a there's a huge difference in input method with mouse and keyboard mobility and the, the difference in, in uh, frames per second and FOV. So having that be opt-in is great. I think it's great for the health of the game. Yeah. So, Hathmatix, how much Crucible do you play and how, how much do you have to play to really get good? Um, <clears throat> how much do I play? Uh... From an hour's perspective, I think I have over just on my Warlock in D2 on PC alone, I think I have 2,200 hours in. Um, and that doesn't count that. Yeah, I, 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 as much as I play, I probably put 90% of my play time into PvP, to be totally honest. I, I very rarely play anything else. I'll raid, I'll do whatever in order to level up. And then anytime that I have free time, I'm just, I'm just solo queuing in quick play or whatever. And I'm, you know, clip farming or i'm trying to iron out inefficiencies or i'm you know practicing for trials helping people so on and so forth so uh the vast majority of my time is in pvp but time to get good is going to depend on on the person i'm 
a little bit older now. I'm I'm 36. My reflexes aren't quite what they were, uh, and I've had to compensate with game sense and understanding player tendencies and predictions. And I've had to really focus on that side of the game, which, in my opinion, has taken me longer to kind of master. And I still am far from a master. I've still got plenty of work on him with uh, consistency. But even in just in the last few seasons, where I've had dedicated and focused play sessions on something like okay i'm going to make sure that i lean next to cover in this these next three matches i'm going to lean next to cover and i'll record my footage and i'll title it lane next to cover one two three and those are those three matches then when i'm done at the end of the night i'll go back and i'll review them and i'll kind of take notes and say this was good this was bad and i'll kind of score it and maybe it's only maybe the first match i messed up two or three times and i didn't lane next to cover i was too aggressive uh, and then at, as long as that's going down and I'm, I'm catching it, that's improvement. That's marked improvement. And that's what I'm looking for. Every single person is going to react differently to that. Everybody's going to, some people will take longer. They're quicker learners. They're, you know, they, they come in with a higher floor than maybe I had. Um, some, maybe they didn't have the same type of first person shooter experience that I had. Maybe they never started with Halo 1 or they're younger. This might be their first shooting game. Who knows? Uh, it, it'll take them longer. Um, but the cool thing is that there's so many communities that are out there and so many people that offer friendly scrimmages in order to help expose people to those types of coaching and putting them in real game situations uh, with more experienced people to kind of coach them along. Uh, there's, there's a ton of communities that are out there. So for people that are seeking that, it is available. Uh, and when I was coming up in Destiny, I was unaware of it. Other than Crucible Radio, I didn't have a scrim community or people that would kind of guide me. I was doing it all on my own. So in some sense, I think that it is easier now than it was. Uh, and it may speed up some people getting better, uh, but it's still a total crapshoot of how long it might take. Yeah. I hope that answered the question. <laughs> And, you know, mm -hmm. it's interesting that you mentioned that 90% of your time is spent in the Crucible. And, yeah. I mean, it's no secret in the community that Crucible needs some love, right? We haven't had a new Crucible map in God knows how long. We have a lot of things in the Crucible that just hasn't really taken place. So I'm, I'm curious, how has that impacted your gameplay as primarily a Crucible player in Destiny? It's changed the way that I've played the game. Um, so what I do to compensate for the lack of game modes and maps and, and other changes is that I change my play style probably twice a season. And I try something new, whether it's a different subclass or if it's a different weapon, I'll try to master something new and I'll try to master a different approach. And that helps me in different situations. When I catch someone who's using a play style that I just was practicing a few weeks ago because I switched to, you know, I, I switched to a pulse rifle and an SMG for two months and I was running dual primary or I was running a trace rifle and a grenade launcher. I, I kind of understand those tendencies and it made me a more well-rounded player. So that's what I'm after. Uh, I kind of make my own game within the game uh, and I challenge myself in those ways and, and just kind of track that improvement. So that's the game for me. That's how I keep engaged. If I was just playing the same loadout every single day with the same weapons, it would be stale. So I just, I change it up. Uh, I get engaged with scrim communities and I play against people that are, you know, there's no way, there's no two ways about it. They're literally significantly better than I am. Uh, and I challenge myself and try to 
raise my level of play. That's another way to to remain engaged. And then I'll also do things like trials help and uh, you know comp help and those types of things whenever I can. That's really awesome. Very cool. And how would you say the Destiny community and Guardian Con has impacted your life and the charity efforts that they put forth? In one of the the coolest moments in my gaming life was um, was the game to give drive. Not this past, actually, both of the last two that I've been involved in were just incredible. Um, but specifically, my first try. Let me step. Let me take a quick step back. Actually, so right before Guardian Con um, of the last in person Guardian Con, there was. Um, Recluse had just come out. I think that was either six, season six or season seven. And I started doing, um, I started collecting money for uh, a family member's cancer treatment. And I was doing recluse carries and, you know, fabled runs, sometimes stacking two and three people, because back then it was 4v4 in, in comp. And I was trying to stack as many people as I could and giving them, you know, absolutely no toxicity. Anytime we lost, it was on me. It was 100% on me. Uh, I would take the blame and I would just make it as friendly as humanly possible and offer them feedback if they wanted it. I tried to make it as approachable as, they, as I could and just said, hey, listen, it's 100% free, but if you'd like to donate, um, don't pay me. I don't want to take any money. However, here's this is what I'm doing this for. And we raised a good amount of money towards uh, the cancer treatment, which I, which made me feel incredible. Uh, and then shortly after that, Guardian Con came on and I was able to go and participate in the Crucible. Uh, there was a play-in tournament there where you had to play two rounds. And if you won both, you would get a, uh, like a, a custom pin that you could only get at Guardian Con. And you also got a, a custom emblem that you could only get there. And I sold both of those on eBay uh, to raise money for, uh, this cancer treatment and we raised, I, I want to say we raised like $500 or something like that total. And it just made me feel so incredibly good. And I realized that I was onto something and that's how I wanted to steer the majority of my content. I wanted to grow within the community to get additional outreach. So when I did charity drives and I did things like that, I could have, uh, a, you know, more people's attention and I could raise more money for these causes. So we eventually, shortly after that, um, Game to Give launched, and I decided that I, I decided that I was going to really punish myself, and and I started doing habanero karaoke, where I would eat whole habaneros live on Twitch while singing whatever song the person wanted me to sing. Um, it was ridiculous, but we raised like I think twelve hundred dollars, and I had only had like two hundred or three hundred Twitch followers. Like I'm not a huge member of the community, but we raised a crazy amount of money based on my follower count. And I, it, it just, I broke down. It was just the, the coolest moment in gaming to, to notice that I had impacted people to, and motivated them to contribute that amount of money for such an incredible cause. It was just, it was amazing. Um, so every time game to give comes on, I try to do anything I can to, uh, to help motivate people. Last year, Ascendant Nomad and I threw a, awesome pvp charity tournament um i think we raised over five thousand dollars as a team so wow. the number just continues to grow and he crushed it 
Nomad did such an amazing job, and I just had I have a world of respect for him and and his entire community. They they're just excellent people, but never would have been possible without him, his presentation skills, his platform. He lent me everything in order to make that happen, and we just kind of just tag teamed it and blew it up. And over five thousand dollars for smaller, you know, a small team like that, it was just mind blowing. So that has had a monumental effect on me and it's something that i want to do as many times as i can uh, i'm hoping that i can do something really cool uh next year at guardian con in person but i can't talk about it yet because it's still very much in an infancy stages but i'm hoping to do something really cool at guardian con next year that hopefully i'll have an update on in the next month or two that's so amazing and uh, I'll, I'll tell you i think that story is probably the most heartwarming that i've heard ever doing this uh it, it that's so amazing that you were able to raise money for such amazing causes to help your family members in need during their most difficult time and to gather a community in such a way i think that's really incredible and that really speaks volume at how incredible the Destiny community is. It's more than just a game. It's more than just people, you know, playing. It's it's a community where people really do so many amazing things. And that's it's so inspiring and it's so great to hear that. And respect to you for everything that you do. And thank you for all of the support that you give to so many people in this community. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it honestly, the, the community that, like you said, the Destiny community has done incredible things. And uh, my small community uh, are made of some of the greatest people that I know. And I, I just, from the bottom of my heart, I'm, I'm just so incredibly appreciative of all the love and support that they give me and that the support that they show these incredible causes like, you know, Children's Hospital Miracle Network and helping these these kids out in, in, their, cam in their time of need. Um, so from everyone who helped and supported, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm, I'm hoping to do something really incredible next year, which I'll uh, hope to talk about uh, at a future date. Very cool. That's and awesome. we will be looking out for that too. Yeah. So hopefully we hear more about that soon. And we are planning to be at Guardian Con next year. They call it GCX now. I GCX, know. yep. I still call it Guardian Con because, you know, it's destiny. And right. That's <laughs> it was destiny con when I went. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, Destiny Con, right? I have a shirt. It says Destiny Con. Uh, That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get the exotic shirt? I got the legendary shirt. I have the legendary okay. one. I remember the exotic shirt. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. the, pur the purple legendary one. Mm -hmm. So, on a slightly different topic, what is the one thing that you have yet to achieve in Destiny that you would like to accomplish, and how do you plan on achieving it? That's a that's a very good question. It has to be PvP related. Um, you know what? My number one goal, I'm gonna add him. My buddy Medical. My buddy Medical. If you guys, I'm sure you've you've watched the Avengers. Have you you watched Infinity War? I'm sure. My buddy Medical is my right. Thanos to my Hulk, and he I do just. Know Thanos, but <laughs> you do know Thanos, okay? So yeah. medical is the Thanos to my Hulk, and every time we go head to head, he just bodies me and just wipes the floor with me. I want to beat him in a one on one. I've never done it. I've come so close so many times. 
and he's just he's ah uh, he's just the he's just the worst. I want to I just want to I want to wipe the floor with him. That's my number one goal. They haven't come out and finally divulged all of the information, but that's one hundred percent on the table, and I think it is happening. But I don't know when. I'm expecting as this season kind of goes on, I'm expecting a lot of that, those changes to uh, come to light. But yeah, I think a solo queue trials playlist is on the table. Um, the three peaking situation that's being fixed. So they are doing a lot of quality of life updates next season for the PVP community. Hopefully maps and some more modes are in there too. Um, we'll see. But um, yeah, a, a good bit of it is going to be addressed next season. We'll definitely yeah. jump in and do a solo because I solo yeah. queue. I like to solo queue for Iron Banner. I like to solo queue for uh, Survival. So like, yeah, I definitely would would give that a shot for myself. sure. Anytime I don't have a set team, I'll be in this. I'll be living in the solo queue, and um, you know, maybe I'll get it done solo. I don't know. I, that that's how I got Unbroken. Um, so maybe that's how I'll get Flawless. We'll see. I have not had the opportunity to get my fullest title uh i mean i'm not that good at pvp um i have went flawless in trials before not often but right. it has happened i would say maybe a handful of times i would say maybe four or five times yeah. uh it's funny because i feel like half of those times it was with reb shout outs to reb uh very very skilled crucible player in the community uh, uh and great great individual here um, so on a slightly different topic, uh, we have a question from one of our community members, Steve Slavov. Thank you so much for your question. And Steve says, Hath has mentioned a song on his stream a bunch of times and a few YouTube videos. It's called It Only Smiles by... Periphery, right? Periphery. Uh, yeah. I apologize for that. What is, what is it that you love so much about that song? uh first <laughs> first off um thank you mr steve slavov uh, steve is a buddy of mine um he's one of the guys i used to play trials with uh back in the day um and he's one of the guys that i i used to try to take flawless so uh this is an inside joke between the two of us i uh he used to when we were growing up he loved pop punk he loved you know taking back sunday and all all those bands um you know yellow card all that stuff. uh i'm sorry what was that Lost Prophets? He did love the Lost Prophets. He did. I liked, I liked the Lost Prophets. Yeah. Really um, the used, all, all those guys. So uh, yeah. I was never really into that kind of music. However, this song, I'm much more into like progressive metal and things like Dream Theater and uh, yeah, Rush, all, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and Periphery is kind of a blend between the stuff that I like and the stuff that he likes and that it has kind of that emo vocal style and screaming. Um, and I always, every time that song would come on, I would think of him and I must have sent him that song across like a two year period. I must have sent it to him like 15 times without realizing that I've sent it to him that many times. And one day he was like, dude, you have literally sent this to me like a dozen times. I've listened to it. It's a good song. Can you please stop? And then I, you know, it just spawned this inside joke and we, I continue to hammer him with it in unique ways. One time I sent him a playlist of it's only smiles like 200 times in a row. It was just that song over and over again. So uh, it's just a little inside joke between us, which uh, always makes me laugh. I've heard of that band. Are they kind of like Trivium, kind of like? Yes, they, yes, they a lot like that. Actually, uh, one of the guitarists, his name is uh, Misha Mansour. He did the um, the metal cover of Sepix in Rise of Iron. 
so yeah yeah so cool oh i didn't know that he oh that's so cool he's a huge video game guy he used to play destiny um they used to play it on tour and they've had like backstage videos and stuff like that on youtube of them literally playing destiny together um on the tour bus and stuff like that so he loved that song and turned it into a metal song and it's like the it's one of my favorite songs in the history of destiny and he did such an amazing job so uh kind of blends the yeah the two the two worlds the the inside joke and the game <laughs> that's pretty that's badass awesome. that's so cool wow so who inspired you as a content creator in the destiny community um the three biggest are <clears throat> are d1 guys um the first person that i watched ever stream was m tashed and i watched him on youtube and i watched him and his style has changed over the years but i used to watch his it's a new meta videos and his rumble videos and um you know he would just pick any random gun and just dominate with it and his humor and his skill were just something that that always kind of struck a chord with me and i've i've always followed his career pretty closely i have a world of respect for him he's done amazing things and he's gone so far and shown that this is something that you can actually make a career out of uh, props to him um seems like an incredible dude too uh closely related true vanguard the two of them are very close and and good friends they've got the the real gamer hours podcast that, that airs uh i think every wednesday night um he really has just been such an incredible uh role model for what it means to be a family man within the community and showing that you you can be a a man of faith and a man of moral integrity uh, and still make it. You don't have to have potty mouth humor or anything like that. And I try very hard not to. Uh, it's something that's important to me to have a professional, um, to, to kind of project myself in a professional way. He's kind of laid the roadmap for me in that way. And on top of that, he's an incredibly talented player. Uh, he's also a great guy. I've, I've had the opportunity of meeting with, meeting with him and talking with him, and he's, he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Uh, and then last, I would say DFP, um, Destiny Fun Police. Uh, Femi Sheik is just, he is the person who helped me go flawless the first time uh, with his Defender Titan build uh, with suppressor grenades and the chaperone and the no backup plans back in the day. He oh, yeah. rewrote the way that I approached Crucible and helped me go from someone who was always on the attack to somebody who plays a little bit differently and makes people overcommit. And then he almost taught me like a, he basically taught me to play Destiny the way that a judo master would approach a, a combat scenario of I'm using your momentum against you and you may be a better player, you may be more dynamic than me, but I'm going to outsmart you and I'm going to position myself in a way that puts you at the disadvantage. And my game elevated from the moment I switched and I rewrote my rules of engagement. It completely changed my, my outlook and my performance and I had a monumental impact on me. So th those, are the, those are the three. Can you play that way still? Like, is there, is that a viable like option, like in something like trials to it like go, go with a bubble, go with suppressor nades and a chaperone? Uh um, you know, bubble is in a weird, I, I haven't tried bubble since the stasis update. Uh, it was in a terrible place during stasis because you could literally just shatter dive inside of a bubble and kill them. Uh, or you could do like the Titan slide. I think it's called Howl of the storm, uh, that could kill somebody from outside of a bubble, or you could just punch them out of it. There were so many different ways to just 
make the bubble useless. So I haven't tried it, but that play style, that cerebral approach translates to other builds. And it was the backbone for my stasis build on Shadebinder. Because, and I, I've kind of moved away from it since the, uh, since the recent update. I'm trying other classes again, but uh, I would just use my radar and I would understand movement and I would throw a predictive uh, Warlock melee and freeze somebody. I would freeze them out of their super and have them fall off of a map. Uh, I would challenge people with my freezing rift and I would do all these things and it was really the skill set that I learned from DFP with my suppressor grenades of reading people, predicting their behavior and putting myself in a position where they might slide past me whiff with that shotgun shot and then I'm going to freeze them with my rift. So um, that play style is still very viable uh, and translates to things like uh, sidearms, slug shotguns versus um, pellet shotguns. It translates to SMGs, it really everything. So it's very, very viable, but I will have to research suppressor grenades. I might hop on my Titan this weekend uh, if I get a chance and, and see how it, uh, how it stacks up after the adjustments. Awesome. We have another question from uh, one of our live community members here, and Evil Weasel wants to know why he never raids with you or why you never raid with him. Weasel. Uh, Weasel's one of my buddies uh, from, from my old clan. Uh, Weasel's a good dude. Um, honestly, I really just don't raid all that much. I do my day one raids, and I'll raid until I get whatever exotic, and then I'm just kind of out because I'd rather be just kind of shutting my brain off and doing PvP. To be totally honest, voice chats after eight or nine to ten hours of conference calls and all of the, the crazy day-to-day -day stuff that I do for my career... Voice chats just kind of drain me a little bit, so it's hard for me to want to jump in and then do a raid that might take a little bit longer, and instead of it being 45 minutes, maybe it ends up being two hours. I, so I, I just don't do it frequently. Um, so that's really why it has, it's nothing personal, Weasel. I love you. You're a good dude. Um, and I promise we will we'll do some VOG. We'll do some DSC very soon. I, I have not gotten Vex, so it's still on the table for me. I promise. And we are no strangers to two-hour raids. Isn't that right, Jim? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Going back to your barbecue, what would you prefer, Memphis-style, Kansas City-style, or Texas-style? What is the best barbecue style and why? Um, All-around style is, in my opinion, Texas, because I prefer to uh, put the focus on the meat itself and I don't want to hide behind sauces or elaborate rubs or injections and things like that. Uh, the way that Kansas City is really focused on the sauce. The sauce is the star. Texas is very simple in their rubs. Almost everything that they make is just salt and pepper. Salt, pepper, and smoke. That's really what they do. However, with ribs specifically, I like Memphis-style ribs. I like a little bit more of a complexity in the rub, uh, but I don't like to sauce my ribs. So... Overall, it's Texas, but specifically with ribs, I, I like Memphis. Um, Kansas City, I do make Kansas City barbecue sauce. I put that on the side. Uh, and if people want to use it, if they prefer sauce, they'll have plenty. And I make sure that the sauce is really nice and good for them. Uh, but yeah, I would say Memphis specifically for ribs, Texas for pretty much everything else. So what would you recommend for something like chicken? Because I love chicken. Everybody loves chicken. How would you do chicken or like chicken wings 
chicken wings are a little different than regular chicken. Regular chicken, I treat like it's Memphis style ribs and I use my the same rib rub. You can get very complicated with chicken, um, but I just put the rib rub on it. I marinate it for a day and then I put it in the smoker and depending on the size, I'll smoke it for no more than five hours if it's a bigger bird. But normally chicken's done in three and a half to, to four hours. Wings though, um, because they're so small, they tend to dry out. You want to uh, brine them, which is basically you put them in a very salty and sweet liquid for at least eight hours to add moisture and add flavor to the wing. Then you smoke it. And then if you can, after you smoke it, you want to sauce it and grill it to give some caramelization to the sauce uh, and add additional complexity because you'll get a little bit of uh, like a charcoal and burnt flavor to the sauce. It's the best. Smoked, then grilled wings are to die for. Wow. That mm. does sound that, amazing. That, oh my God. That sounds so good. I think after the podcast, I might have to make some wings because I do have some wings. You should do so it. That might have to be thing in my agenda. Although I know it's not going to be as good as Hathmatics can make wings, <laughs> but you know, but we'll still make an effort. For sure. And thank you, RFP Vicious, for your question. The next question we have for you is how is it like to go flawless in trials for the first time? It was like a massive weight was lifted off my shoulders. I, um, the first time I went flawless was with that DFP, uh, no fun police build. I'm sorry, Destiny fun police build. And I had fallen short so many times in the last game and I was playing with people. This is an LFG group. My first time that I went and in our second to last game, one of our, one of my players that I was playing with got disconnected and I was freaking out. So it was a two V three in the second to last game. We still had our mercy and something just kind of came alive in me. And I shut down five supers that game with my suppressor grenades and stole two rounds with my bubble. And we kind of just bullied right through. And it's a, it's a good thing that we did because we ended up losing the next round. So it would have ended up spoiling the whole flawless run had we not clutched up on the 2v3. Um, so having done that and contributed in what was effectively a carry situation where I was being carried to the lighthouse, it just, it meant the world to me. And I literally like, it's kind of comical looking back at it. I literally screamed like like an absolute madman <laughs> when I went. I'm like flying into the lighthouse and I'm screaming. I'm doing the primal yell like, ah, in the background. So it meant so, so much. Uh, and then after that, I went a few more times in D1. And then there was a huge drought in D2 until I finally went. Um, and now it's, I, I try as hard as I can to help other people have that same experience that I had. And when I'm not playing trials, I'm trying to hone my craft to put myself in position to help other people get there. And I'm not quite there yet. I'm not quite to the level where I can pretty much, regardless of a player, get them there. I can normally get to, you know, five or six wins, regardless of who I'm playing with. I haven't been able to go flawless, but I think with the upcoming changes, I think that'll change. Yeah, I went flawless a lot more in D1 when I had a, de a dedicated team to play with. For sure. It seemed like... Um, and yeah, when I first went flawless, when I, I think it, the first week, it might have been Messenger, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's I, hard to remember. It was so right. long ago. But yeah, it was such an awesome feeling going flawless for the first time. 100%. And it, yeah, it's just like, wow, this is 
amazing and it's so much fun it's like it, it just brought so much more to the game as far as competitive you know skill for sure game, you know went in, so <clears throat> i think for me going flawless the first time it was really cool because i've never been to the lighthouse i've never had that experience and i mean there are players who do it every week for me it's rare right so I think when I went flawless the first time, I want to say it was with Reb. And I mean, I, I'm not very good at Crucible, especially like competitive Crucible. I think right. okay in normal Crucible, Iron Banner. But when it comes to trials, I feel like my skills just aren't there. And I'm, I'm learning slowly but surely, but it's somewhat of a carry, you know? So I think for me, going flawless the first time, first off, my hands were shaking the entire time. Like after yep. we won five matches, <laughs> I just, I mean, the pressure was on and I had to try to perform and help as much as I could. So I was like, Reb, what do you want me to do? Like, do where do I go? Like, let me follow. Like, let me try to be useful in some capacity. And then we finally did it. And man, like it, it was such a good feeling, such a great, great feeling. And uh, it was very special. And I still remember that moment to this day. Yeah, I mean, when you put that much effort into something and you fall short so many times, I mean, I, I must have fallen short 300, 400 times and came so close wow. where it was, you know, I, I have five or six wins and then I'm going for that seventh win and I get that loss and I start over and I get to four or five, six wins and then I start over and I just, you know, ad nauseum, when you finally break through and you finally get it, it's just, it's amazing. So, um it's a it's a feeling that I've never experienced in a video game before. Uh, it reminds me of you know playing actual sports growing up, playing football and, and those types of things, and getting into the playoffs. And that's the closest thing that I I think can replicate it. That's dedication right there. That's perseverance. Love it. So, if there was one single skill that you would improve in your PvP win rate what would it be and this is a question from rfb vicious thank you for your question um okay so if this is something for me specifically of how you know if i'm not sure if that's a question for how i would or if how someone else should but if it's for me i think it's really just a matter of consistency um there are moments where after a prolonged gaming session after maybe an hour hour and a half I'll just have these mental lapses and they tend to come at the absolute worst moments possible where normally when I'm on, I'm predicting and I'm two to three steps ahead of whoever I'm playing against. And I, I'm able to understand what's happening and, and react accordingly. Once I start to fatigue, that skill set goes away and I'm playing uh, reactively versus proactively. And that's when I really start to, to hit a wall and then I get frustrated. So if I could, if I could personally fix one thing, it would be that I would give myself the mental endurance to go, you know, for th two and a half, three hours straight without gassing. Um, if it's for another player, if it's someone who is just starting out, I think the most important thing is understanding how to use cover. Um, you know, using little bends in the in the map geometry to shield yourself from bullets. Um, understanding that if you're a Titan and you put down a barricade, you want to use the left side of the barricade if you're shooting. Um, things like that, little tiny subtleties within the game kind of tend to elevate your performance. Um, 
that's the most I, I think just general map knowledge and understanding those types of things would be uh would be number one for me. Map awareness. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Yeah, I think map awareness is probably so important because if you know the map really well, you know where to take cover so that you can stay alive if someone's shooting at you. Also, from my experience, if I'm playing competitive, a lot of people really love to snipe. Yep. I don't know why. There's a lot of snipers the out one there. Hit kill, baby. The one hit kill, baby. one hit kill anywhere, no, especially no, in trials. The one shot kill. It's such a huge So flip. satisfying. Yep. Yeah, and I think, you know, map awareness is so, so important in that situation. The other thing that I feel is really important is knowing your loadouts mm -hmm. and knowing how to set your character up with your um, recovery and all, all the stats to make sure that you can stay alive longer. Because if you don't have that, you're at a disadvantage right from the start. Sure. So I think those are also things that really do make an impact in your gameplay. Um, so on a slightly different topic, tell us about Ascendant Nomad and his mission to help others improve. And I think you touched on that a little bit earlier in the show. I did. Um, so Nomad has, after our charity uh, block that we did together with the, with the big tournament, um, he invited me into his community, and I've become a Sherpa there. Um, so Nomad has an uh, open community that is really based on helping people, and there's channels dedicated to asking Sherpas specific questions on how to fine-tune your gameplay. So people will go there, they'll submit questions, and we have, uh, I think it's either 9 or 10 very high-level PvP players and analytical players who will take your question and give you a hyper detailed response um and there's a place where players can submit their gameplay footage for these same analytical players to review it and send them back video notes or written notes or a combination of both highlighting their inefficiencies highlighting what they did well um what w went okay and what really needs to be a focus for improvement and not only that he has multiple tiers of um of skill level scrimmages so he's got extreme high level. Uh, he's got like, you know, medium level. And then he's got beginner scrims where they'll have one of those analytical players on each team guiding to inexperienced players and showing them the ropes on how a scrim works and putting them in that coachable, competitive environment. Uh, and then at the end of the game, they receive one-on-one -on -one feedback on what they did well. And it's just, it's just such an awesome place. And I have so much uh, respect for the mission that he's doing of just kind of cutting through all the BS that's out there and just focusing on what's controllable and focusing on how, how to help other people and just making this incredible community that I think is now over 4,000 strong in his discord. Um, wow. It, he's, he's just doing an incredible job and I'm thrilled to be a part of it and thrilled that he's trusted me to, uh, to be a member there and be a Sherpa there. That's pretty amazing. And how did you first meet Ascendant Nomad? Um, I, I don't remember. Uh, it was about a year ago. He and I played trials. Me and, um, one of my buddies played trials with him. Uh, and he, oh, actually, no, that's not true. We did a, uh, we did a community scrim. I was in a, I had started my own community and I was doing my own scrims with a specific rule set and Nomad must have liked the, 
the uh, the rule set that I put together and he wanted to test it out. So he joined and we were doing shoutcasted scrims. So he joined up and um, I was one of the presenters and he was playing and I was commenting on his gameplay using, uh, I think, rare drop multi-stream. So I was flipping through, I think, four different streams at a time and just giving um, play-by-play analysis and, and commentary on it. And then afterwards, we, we caught up together and we did a trials card, which was a ton of fun. And then, you know, a few months later was the was the game to give tournament. And I reached out to him privately and asked him if he would be a part of it. And he agreed. And then uh, the, it just kind of went from there. It's amazing. And it really goes to show, you know, sometimes you just got to reach out. Yeah, right. For sure. Like you got to shoot Everybody shot. is a human being. And you, if you talk to people like a real person, you know, people will respond to that well. Especially when charity is involved. A lot of people, you know, the playing fields are leveled when it's a... Uh, when it's a mutually, when everybody is kind of aligned for a good cause like that, and there there is no, I'm going to benefit from this, and I'm angle. There's no, you know, there there is no, oh, this guy may be using me for cloud or anything like that. There, there's nothing like that. It's everything I'm doing is going to be behind the scenes. I'm going to put you at the forefront because you're the name, you're the person who is the draw, not me. Um, I think that had a lot to do with it, uh, but also I think that it goes to show you the type of person that that he is specifically and um he's he's just a down-to-earth really good dude definitely so what aspects of the destiny narrative did you enjoy the most i am becoming such a lore nerd like it's it's getting borderline obsessive um i'm so excited to see i have I have theories about what's going to happen, which I won't really get into too much. Uh, I don't want to spoil for anyone, but the stuff that's happening behind the scenes and the narrative that they're weaving, how season A is connecting to season B and it, everything is kind of being interwoven. Um, it's awesome. And like nothing that they've ever done. A lot of this storytelling used to take place in the grimoire or in exotic lore tabs. And now we're having seasonal content where the last three steps of a weekly mission are go to point A and listen to dialogue, listen to in-game storytelling that's happening that is literally the best in franchise history. And it's given me so much hope for the PvE future to see that storytelling kind of evolve to be in-game versus out of it. Because I, I would wager to say like 90% of the community, that's a, that's a number that I'm completely pulling out of, um, out of thin air, but I would guess that the vast majority of the community never read the grimoire, had no idea about the overarching story, and now they get to experience it week to week. Now they're being told rather than asked to go find it. And it's incredible. That is by far my favorite thing that's happened in Beyond Light is how far the storytelling has evolved and the fact that they're not afraid to tackle really heavy-hitting topics like xenophobia, uh, you know, like putting past differences aside to kind of unite against a, a bigger foe. There is so much heavy things the Saint 14 storyline from this season about perception versus reality and, and having two different sides. It's just incredible. They Bungie heard our cries that we wanted the storytelling for sure in, in the game. And I remember like during rise of iron, when we pretty much beat the game, we did everything and we were literally on the website figuring out how do we complete our grimoire? And then we would literally spend hours just like sitting there and reading all of the grimoire cards to learn more about the characters 
from the game and now it's all in the game and yep. i think that it's really really cool that bungie is able to bring that to us in such a cool and meaningful way and the story is really unfolding just in a very interesting way where you really want to learn what is going to happen next sure for sure and doing all of this and upping the ante on storytelling while so many people are working from home and and all of the challenges that came with covid it's mind-blowing what they're doing is in my opinion it's it's unprecedented and i'm just I'm blown away by it, and I, uh, I give them all the, all the applause in the world. So if you can add one feature or gameplay mechanic to Destiny, what would it be? And this is a question from Destronoma on Twitter. Thank you so much for your question. I would say loadouts. I want loadouts built into the game and not in Destiny Item Manager. Um, yeah. I, I, I think yeah, that having... Do being able to just kind of manage my inventory that way would be such a time saver. Um, especially there, there's for the console people and the more casual players, they may not even realize that destiny item manager is a thing. They might be flying to the tower and doing everything manually. And I, I feel terrible for them because it's so much more convenient to do it. And as a PC player, I'm blessed that I can just have it up on my second monitor and manage everything there. Um, but having that functionality in game would be huge. There'd be a major quality of life improvement um, if that could be added. Yeah, one one button push, and then you have your like crucible loadout. Exactly. You have your raid loadout. Yep. You have your, you know, your trials loadout. Your you know gambit loadout. Yeah, even if it's out, just whatever. like five loadouts, five, ten, whatever. Yeah. Just give give us a button that we can press and we can we can favorite things and and assign it uh, on like a picker wheel, something like that. I think would be really cool. Yeah. You know, for me, I've been thinking a lot about LFG in Destiny because I feel like the current system is very poorly executed. I think it's so difficult to find people to play with, especially if you're on consoles. And I feel like it shouldn't be that difficult. It should be as simple as you click a button, people jump in, you press a button, they all join you in a fire team and you're going and you're playing. Yep. But the current system is just so bad for console players that it, it needs a lot of change, I feel like. Yeah, I could, I could definitely agree with that. I remember those days of playing on console and looking for LFG and just using R slash fire teams for everything. And there's no way that everyone knows about that. Uh, so for those more casual players or people that don't really want to go to Reddit, it should just be in the game. So I 100% agree with that too. Yeah, that's another ask that we, we've been requesting for a long time to have it in-game LFG. That would be nice to have mm -hmm. for sure. So another question from RFB Vicious. Thank you again for your question. Which do you like more, trace rifles or fusion rifles and why? Ah, that's hard. It's like asking to... You know, Pick my favorite child. My favorite child. <laughs> um, so I've, to be totally honest, I have never had more fun in Destiny. And this is a controversial opinion. I get it. I've never had more fun in Destiny than my so-called Traces build um, right before the stasis adjustment uh, a couple weeks ago. Trace rifles were doing, and all special weapons were doing 50% bonus damage to frozen targets. And... 
I was just slaughtering people with trace rifles left and right with stasis. And it was so ridiculous. I mean, I would be melting people out of their supers. I'd be challenging them with freezing rifts and then melting them in front of me. And it was such a troll build. And it was so much fun for me. And I haven't had that much fun probably since uh, the, the Destiny Fun Police days of D1. Um, so while that is, that was kind of the peak, Trace Rifles have kind of taken a backseat for me now. Um, so I would probably say Fusion Rifle. I think they're a little bit more versatile. I like the one-hit kill potential of a Fusion Rifle. And they play very similarly. They play within the same range. Uh, you want to be, you know, around 25 meters and in. Um, 15 to 25 meters is really your sweet spot. So I, I, right now, I would say Fusion Rifle, but peak Trace Rifle all day. Which trace rifle is like better over the other? Are they all created equal or which one, which, what is the go-to trace rifle or, if you're going to pick it? Yeah. In PVP specifically, um, my favorite because of my play style and that I wanted to be able to chain things together was Prometheus lens because every kill that you got ammo would be added back directly from reserves to the magazine. So it limited the amount of times that I had to reload, which was important. I wanted to be able to chain kills together and, and, and stay in the fight. Um, especially with how short the freeze duration was with Shadebinder. I only had like 1.3 seconds from a melee in order to secure that kill. So uh, every second was extremely important. Um, so Prometheus Lens was my favorite, but Wave Splitter and Cold Heart are both right there, neck and neck. Um, unfortunately, as much as Ruinous Effigy is super fun and I loved dunking on people and kind of causing those giant explosions... Yeah. the the hit detection's weird and it has lower range than the than the other ones so um that's fourth on the list for pvp and then divinity um has the slowest ttk uh of sub 1.0 so it, it can be good it can be kind of like a cheeky meme build um but it's the least competitive if you're trying to be serious uh in pvp so the thing that kind of makes them so lethal is the fact that it, they are lasers yes literally like you could just spray somebody down just like complete like the stability is usually pretty good on those aren't they the, the stability is good the in-air accuracy is wonderful uh there really is no recoil um so and the ttks are impressive without any damage buffs um the the big four you know um everything other than divinity has a ttk of between 0.67 to 0.73 optimum ttk uh, and then when you start adding damage buffs like empowering rifts or high energy fire, so on and so forth, you can get that down to closer to a 0.5. It's got impressive range, better range than a lot of people give it credit for, but really th the fact that it has excellent hip fire accuracy and in-air accuracy gives it a lot of versatility. The only thing is it's not a one-hit kill weapon, so you're using special ammo in lieu of something that could just immediately kill someone. So it's kind of a give and take. They're very strong uh, in a player's hand that has exceptional aim. They're one of the best weapons in the game to use. Um, I'm still kind of adjusting to mouse and keyboard and I'm not hundred percent there yet, but, um, yeah, it's definitely a, a build that you'll see more and more of, uh, now that all of the trace rifle mods are out and ammo economy is starting to improve with them with the, with the trace rifle ammo scabs. Be nice if we could get some legendary trace rifles. hundred uh, percent. If I know? could have a legendary trace yeah. rifle, I would run it all day long. Yeah. Like maybe like pair, like last word with like a trace rifle. Yep. Like, you know, that, that would be a crazy build, right? That would there. be wonderful. Be, that or, yeah. you know, Huckleberry or something like that, Taraba, anything like that would be great. Yeah. 
if we were to make a prediction, why hasn't Bungie added in any legendary trice rifles into the game yet? Just probably what I thought. Like it could it could be too OP. You know, it, it's possible. I don't I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just just they just haven't you know had the time to do it or just you know so many other things that they're doing. But I could see the potential for it being OP. Probably I could you know just be able- see it being a balance problem. But I I honestly I just think yeah. that it was a use thing that no one was using them. They were one of the least used weapons in PvP. And in PvE, the only ones that anyone was using was Divinity. So I just don't think that there was really any demand for it previously. So they were probably just saving the resources. And maybe, you know, now that all those mods are out and usage is starting to go up, maybe we'll see them in the future. Hopefully, fingers crossed, sometime in Witch Queen we'll see one. But um, who knows? Yeah, because it is a high, like, fantasy kind of space, like, kind of weapon, right? You know, I mean, it's... Giant space laser. I mean, what's, what's more fantasy than that, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it fits the bill. Yeah. So on that note, Hathmatics, what is next for you? Um excellent question. Um I'm currently I'm trying to kind of reassess content and how I prioritize it with the the catering business kind of taking off and me doing more and more barbecue. Um that is becoming more of my focus but I've tried to bring people along on that journey with me. And I've started doing more video content and I started doing these barbecue threads where I'll throw a check. I basically at every weekend that I do it, um, by the way, I'm smoking this Saturday, so I'll do it again this Saturday on Twitter. Uh, I'll start the day at, you know, 3am or whatever. And I'll start a, a barbecue checkpoint is what I call it. And then I'll just comment with, progress shots and updates and videos explaining what I'm doing throughout the day. And it'll end up being a 25 tweet long thread of, you know, my day in barbecue. Um, so you'll definitely expect to see more of that. You'll probably see that once or twice a month out of me from YouTube. I'm waiting for a little bit of inspiration. Um, my last big video was on trace rifles and how they paired so well with stasis. And also I talked to, I had a commentary about, special ammo economy and how it needs to be tweaked. I, I don't know what my next video is going to be. I don't want to force it. I really just make videos when I'm uh, inspired to do it. I may get back into some parody songs. I do a little bit of, uh, you know, custom songs and, and music videos to, uh, to random songs that kind of catch my ear. Um, I did one of a Jimmy Eat World song a few, a few months back uh, about my experience in Trials of, Trials of Osiris. So I might do something like that again, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure. But for sure, 100% this Saturday, you'll see a, uh, a barbecue checkpoint thread from me on, on Twitter. Which Jimmy Eat World song? I did uh, a praise chorus, um, and I called it a Saints chorus. Uh, and it was all nice. about my, my nice. trials experience. And uh, the, bi- the, the big um, the hook was, instead of, I want to fall in love tonight, it was, I want a flawless card tonight. Uh, and it, it worked really well. I love that. Yeah, it was great. It's awesome. Very cool. And yeah, we're really excited to see your progress in the barbecue world and what you do with that. I personally would love to see you write a book someday. Maybe yeah. themed around destiny. Who knows, right? I do call my smoker the Galler Smoke. So uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not too far off. I, if I can find some way to you know, creatively weave them together, um, maybe I could come up with a recipe book uh, and some type of a smoke book. Sounds like you got it down to a science. So, you know. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would love to see that, and I would definitely pick that up as soon as that's out. It's very nice of you. For sure. So, Hathmatics, thank you so much for sharing your amazing, amazing journey and everything that you are doing in the community and your thoughts on the Crucible. We have a few more things to talk about here on the show. The next segment, we're going to talk about the Crucible in Season of the Splicer. Today, we'll be discussing the state of Crucible in Season of the Splicer, what works, what needs improvement, and how our community has been impacted with the Crucible in the form that it is in today. So the first question I have for both is, what do you love about the Crucible, and why do you play Crucible in Destiny? I have to go first, because... I haven't played much Crucible yet this season, <laughs> um, which is unlike me, actually. So, I am a competitive guy. Uh, I I kind of crave sports, and as I've gotten older, I've had you know my my body's broken down a little bit. I I can't I can't go play football. I can't go play tackle football and, and stuff like I used to. So, uh, I I like that quote unquote competitive environment. And I know that'll make a lot of people cringe. Destiny's not a competitive game. I get it. Um, however. I'm competing with myself uh, because I am charting my progress. I'm focusing on these different things and uh, I am my own competition. So I, I find a lot of joy in that and tracking my own improvement and then also helping other people improve and giving them those pointers and watching them uh, improve and progress over time. Uh, so that's really what I like most. Uh, and also, honestly, the, the gunplay is just so freaking crispy. It's just there's nothing like Destiny gunplay. All the guns look, sounds, and feel better than pretty much any other shooting game that's out there. So between those those things, uh, what made me fall in love with them? Very well said. Yeah, and I, I think for me, I love the Crucible because, yeah, the gunplay is probably on top of that list. I think the gunplay is very responsive, and I think it's better than any other game out there, period. And I think that brings me back to Destiny. It makes me love the game. It's it's the shooting in PvE, PvP, um, and I think the weapons, they feel very special. And I have a very strong attachment to the weapons in Destiny, and I think Bungie really excelled and, and is able to produce a game that nobody else can really top when it comes to the PvP. Yeah, I mean... It's that reason for me. Yep, the gunplay. The gunplay and the shooting just feels so nice. And it seems like always has, and it's gotten better even in Destiny 2 with uh, high frame rates and things like that you can achieve. Um, and I also like the competitive spirit. Trust me. I I mean, and you, I, I like competing. I like, you know, testing myself. I like trying to get better and things like that. I haven't played much this season, and... Corn can attest to that. I have not played much PvP this season because we've done a lot of, we did a lot of raiding in the beginning. We did, we've played a lot of VOG this season. And um, also over the past week or so, you know, I kind of got consumed by the hype of E3 a little bit, you know, so I kind of got sucked into that hype cycle and just following all these other games and, you know, the announcements and just attaching myself to each one of these things. You know, so I haven't really had a chance to play PvP yet this season. So I have not been able to test out what 
the pre-state or the post-stasis nerf has been like you know i heard it's a lot better now in there in the crucible it's it's way more balanced from what i'm hearing it for sure is um it's to the point now that i can play dual primary again uh i i have been for the last week week and a half i've running i've been running nothing but pulse rifle and an smg and i my numbers have been going way up i mean i'm year over year numbers and season over season kd kda everything is just is skyrocketing so uh yeah uh it's awesome it, it feels really good to have the guns that feel so good and are are so iconic to this franchise have them come back to the forefront it feels really good and you know, more is on the way i mean they, they are going to be tweaking things like some of the outliers like uh like dmt and some of the subclasses that are still a little a little bit too hot those things will be adjusted in time but right now it's still at a pretty good spot so um strongly encourage you to jump back in when you get the chance now having said that because i i do definitely want to get in there and test things out and you know play with some of the the weapons and and you know some of the light subclasses now you know that uh, stasis has been put on ice you know uh no pun intended um there are there is a game that's on the horizon that i think is going to possibly uh, pique the interest of some of these uh, uh, players in the Crucible right now. And that's Halo Infinite. And I'm going to be interested in test playing that when it comes out because what I'm seeing for the PvP, what I'm seeing for that um, PvP element in that game is amazing. It looks, it looks so good. It gives me like the... Uh, you know, vibes and everything from like uh, the old Halo games, Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo Reach, um, 12v12 big team battle now, you know, just massive battles with, uh, you know, ghosts and uh, the the warhogs and all the things that are happening at the same time, capture the flag. Like, I would love a capture the flag mode in Destiny. You know, it's just, um, oh, man. So it... I'm, I'll be playing Destiny still, but I, I definitely will be dipping into some uh, PvP in Halo. Awesome. Infinite as well. Yeah, that's the only game that I feel would potentially make me split up my time between Destiny and another game, and that's Halo Infinite. I probably don't see myself playing more Halo Infinite than I do of Destiny, just because Destiny will always be my main game but I am very curious. It it definitely has piqued my interest and I'm seeing so many guardians saying that once Halo Infinite comes out, they will be switching to Halo Infinite. Although I don't fully believe that will happen, but we will see. I'll be dipping my toes in. (laughs) I'll be dipping my toes in. It's on Game Pass. So I have Game Pass. Pass. And hey, whether you have Game Pass or not, Halo Infinite multiplayer is free to play which is really really cool that everybody will get a chance to experience pvp in the next halo game yep and i'm yeah. so excited for that grappling hook i'm just i'm salivating over it yeah that looks so much fun bill grapple on one of those like uh the ghosts or you know one of the the ships and just like pull somebody right, right out of the cockpit and everything of it that's so funny that's so cool i'm excited to play around with the energy sword again I'm not going to lie. Like, I miss that. Those are such awesome memories that we had in Halo Reach. And I haven't 
had that in a while and I'm, I'm excited for it it sounds like there'll be forge mode is still there too and just seeing some of those awesome like creations that people make in forge too now, always I, you know so it's funny you mentioned forge mode and i have been really really just curious about this why is it that halo can give us forge mode but destiny cannot what is it about destiny that makes it so difficult for the developers to bring this feature into the game is it lack of interest is it technological barriers what do you both think it is that it's preventing from this from coming to destiny i think it might be the tools and the engine that they work with and things like that um even though a lot of it is built on the old halo uh yeah, engine basically this is like an upgraded like version of it basically but i i don't have the complete answer though you know they, maybe they don't want to give us that kind of power. <laughs> they don't want to, they don't want people to to make like you know their own strikes and you know raids and things like that. Well, but even if <laughs> Which you would don't be really make, cool. Though. I mean, even if you don't make it a feature in PVE, at least give us that functionality in PvP, especially during we a can time. We make Sparrow Racing League again, <laughs> right? Like we can yeah. do that, and we have private matches, so we're halfway there, kind of, right? I think it would be really cool for the developers to allow for players to build their own maps, especially during a time when Bungie isn't really delivering any new maps. So there should be no reason for them to not yeah. want to do that, I think. But I've always been curious about that, and I'd love to learn like why that's something that has never come to the game as of yet, and it's been seven years now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's certainly a, a feature that I would enjoy. Um, I think it's a technological barrier. Uh, I, th I think that yeah. one of the biggest differences between Halo and Destiny is the fact that you didn't have all of this, all of these awesome perks and you know, uh, different aesthetics with armor and mods and all of that stuff that goes in the back end and all, all the modifiers and, and multipliers that are associated with things like Firefly, Kill Clip, Rampage times one times two times three all that stuff has to take up space somewhere. And I have a feeling that the game is just kind of at capacity as evidenced by the fact that they had to blow up like 60% of the game in order to allow Beyond Light to be as, uh, as good as it's been uh, from a PVE perspective. So I, I think it's technological. Yeah, I mean, remember the old stories? Like I said, it took them 24 hours just to move like a rock a couple inches yeah. or something. Good old spaghetti curry. <laughs> exactly so it would it would be a disaster trying to have people you know people trying to create their own things when yeah. it's yeah hard enough to do it yourself so yeah I'm, I'm really hoping that whatever the next version of destiny that comes to us and not just like a major expansion but really the next reboot of destiny i really hope they're able to create and use technologies that are more efficient and would allow them the flexibility to create these things like forge mode and and you know allow for players to really have the power to create their own maps because the destiny community is very talented and i am sure that we'll see some really cool maps if bungie gave us that power yeah i mean 
Nintendo's given people some of that power. They created this game called Game Builder Garage, and people's already making Zelda games, and somebody made an F-Zero game on there. Oh, wow. And everything. And like, it's already starting to happen. Somebody made a Sonic can we they, make destiny? I'm just saying. Maybe. Let's do that. that I mean, would... like a like a 16-bit version of it, maybe. Yeah. So yeah, somebody made a first-person um Zelda game on there, basically. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What do you both think about the current state of Crucible in Season of the Splicer? I'll let you guys take this because I haven't played much of it yet this season. Yeah, so um, obviously it had its <laughs> it had a rocky start um, to be honest and they adjusted it and they prioritized to fix it and kudos to them for understanding how uh, dire of a situation it was they had just gotten done talking about how stasis was overtuned and we're going to adjust it we understand we hear you uh, and then at the beginning they buffed stasis grenades with more fragments um, and obviously, I think the, those decisions were made months and months and months prior and were just never tuned before launch. So that was certainly a rocky start. It upset a lot of people. We've still got a lot of issues with cheating and um, a lot of people are just kind of burnt. I'm still having fun personally. On a personal level, every time I log in, um, since I've switched to dual primary, I'm having a blast every single time I play. Uh, but it's really just because I'm finding my own game within the game and challenging myself. So in that aspect, I think it's great. I love that I can put gunplay at the forefront again, as I, as I mentioned earlier. I like being back on Top Tree Dawn. I, I like feeling like I could play on, uh, on Void Walker again or uh, that even Sentinel Titan may have a place in PvP again. I'll have to try that out. Um, that'll probably be my next experiment. So I like it, uh, but still the vocal majority of players are you know, they're still hungry. They still want more. It, it's not there yet. Yeah, and I, I think for me, it's not so much about what Bungie brings to the game because I think what we're getting is really great. I, I think the maps that we have are fun maps. I think that the game is much better balanced since uh, Stasis received the tuning that it did at the start of the season. Um, I just think we need more. We need more. We need more variety in maps just because we haven't had that. I like Rift. Okay. Yeah, I agree. We need some more objective type modes for sure. Yeah. Rift, Capture the Flag. Like, I don't know what a Capture the Flag version of in Destiny would be, but I would like it. Something like that, you know? Yeah, and I would like to see a modified version of uh, leaderboards in Destiny, you know, and, and I'm not sure exactly a true ranking how. ranking system? Yes. Yeah, and I'm not sure how Bungie can really implement this, but it would be really great if they could, and hopefully by next season they can figure out a way to really integrate that. Think about Call of Duty Ghosts, right? We, we, we talked about this before. There was something called Clan Wars where you would literally go in with your clan and it was like clan versus clan battle in, in PvP and it was so much fun. And I think Bungie should take inspiration from that, you know, and I think utilize the clan system to enhance the PvP experience. Make it where you have clans going up against each other to receive exclusive armor in the game 
and skins, I think that would be a really cool way to really engage the community, even if they don't have new maps. Yeah. I mean, the Halo, you know, effect, like what they did during like Halo Reach, you know, going for that, what that, uh, the, uh, whatever that hell helmet was, either the, the lightning right. or whatever. The flaming, the, the flaming, the flaming one. Yeah, yeah. There was one with the pestilence too and things like that. Yeah. That Just took like, cool like six months. A lot of grinding. You know, how, you know how difficult it is to actually like purchase something that you have saved up for six months to acquire. And then it's like, wow, all of my XP is now gone. And uh, <laughs> but I have this thing, so it was worth it. Um, but these are things that you still remember after all of these years. And I really think there are some great opportunities for Bungie to incorporate some of these features to enhance the experience, especially for the players who are still playing, who maybe reached max level, right? And uh, and, and they need a, a bone. Like, Crucible needs a bone thrown to them. There's been right. so much, so many bones thrown to the PvE players. Like, throw PvP players a bone. They need it. <laughs> we do. We do. Um, yeah. I, I agree about a lot of what you said. I, I would love to see more with clans and ladders and uh, a ladder system, ranking system. Um, one thing that kind of came to mind is Nomad made a video uh, specifically about how to redesign the competitive PvP experience. Um, and it's one of the most, it's one of the best made videos that in, in his uh, repertoire, in my opinion. And it kind of went through ranking systems and how it should more closely resemble how Halo was i mean you had like up to level 50 and then i think it was 50 plus i never i never got that high um but why can't we do that per game mode you know there's there's these detached elo systems on destiny tracker and things like that but there's not really anything in game that's showing you uh and i think that they should bring that in in some capacity so we'll see uh a lot of the guys that they brought on board for pvp they're from those days they they understand they hear us uh, i know that the community may not think that we're getting those changes quickly enough, but I'm 100% positive that they are at least listening and that they understand how passionate we are about getting things like that. So I'm still kind of uh, optimistic about where things are going from the PvP perspective. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed that that comes out, uh, hopefully sometime around Witch Queen, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed. And I think that... Crossplay will be the first step mm -hmm. to getting that cohesion in the game. And I think after we get crossplay, Bungie will probably put more focus on some of the other things that are missing in the game, like some of the things that we just mentioned. So, out of curiosity, the stasis tuning that took place earlier this uh, season. Do we agree with it? Do we like the stasis tuning? Did it positively impact the Crucible landscape? What do you both think? Yes, it definitely was a positive change overall. The, you know, I, I see the temperature on Twitter, uh, on, on Reddit, and people were saying, I, I've, I'm literally watching people say, oh my God, I just played Destiny PvP for five hours straight. I haven't done that since... You know, season of uh, of arrivals. I I just you know that was almost a year ago at this point. Um, so people are coming back. They're they're 
logging in those long play sessions. Me personally, I'm still a little bit burnt because I feel that Shade Binder was hit a little bit too hard. Um, but I've I've just adjusted. I've just changed my my kit. I just I had so much fun. It, it, this is totally selfish, but I had so much fun trolling other people and ruining their nights with uh, with my Traces build with the Trace Rifle and the and the Shade Binder. Um, that I'm just kind of sad to see it go. I'm sad to see it get hit as hard as it was and. Uh, but it is definitely for the best. I, I think it's a worthy sacrifice. It was for the greater good. One hundred percent for the greater good. It had to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm sad to see it go, but it had to go. I agree. The only thing I will say is I wish that stasis was tuned a little bit more separately between PvP and PVE. That's fair. Because I don't want for it to feel less powerful in PVE. I think that. That's something that makes the game special. Like, think about the, the core concept of Destiny. Building your monster-killing machine, becoming a legend. And I think that's part of getting stasis and being able to do amazing things. Even, like, melting bosses. I think that's part of what the game is. That makes the game very special. Um, and I, I don't want for that to disappear but i do think that tuning in the crucible is very necessary because it's not fun when you're literally frozen and then you're dead and it almost feels like you're you can't do anything like and that was at first i'm telling you those first couple weeks oh my god my god it was so bad four second freeze times yeah you literally (laughs) you were dead if you were frozen you were dead you could not do anything you just sat there i was like well this is my life right now. I'm yeah. dead. And so then, why why did Bungie ship out a product with Beyond Light with Stasis being as deadly as it was in the Crucible? Did did it not get tested enough? Was was it not enough time? Why well, did Well, if you think about it, it was behind a paywall. That's exactly it was Beyond Light. Yeah. Yeah, I think that yeah, it like, was to you, yeah, it was to encourage people to transition from free to play to to paid yeah like if you were if you didn't buy beyond light you didn't get stasis so it was you know you literally some people probably bought beyond, like who who hadn't converted to beyond light yet they probably bought it and you know they're like i have to i can't even compete i'm you know i'm just i have to fight fire with fire basically like you had no choice you just saw full teams of stasis running stasis yep. in the crucible like that that's just what it was there for the longest time. And then so something had to give. You know, we have had some sort of balance, some semblance of it, you know. So I, you know, I think it yeah. It's it's interesting you mentioned that because I did not consider that, but it almost feels kind of like a pay to win scenario. Not in a, not totally, but if you think about it, season began and you don't have stasis they're probably not going to win unless you're a very, very, very skilled player. Yeah. Yeah. Just being, you could be froze from any part of the map. You know, the, the tracking and everything on those, like in the beginning just was, it was crazy. Like, you know, how powerful, like the hunters, uh, revenant super was how strong the shade binder was. Everything from, was crazy. From jump. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And they probably wanted people to just run wild with it those first few weeks or a month or so because it was a new ability. And they're like, 
you know, go crazy. And then they're like, yeah, we know we're going to have to balance this, basically. So they probably knew partial, partly, that they knew it was going to ship broken in the beginning. And then they were going to have to tune it as they went. Um, I think it was all part of the plan. <clears throat> I mean, I think it's really interesting, and we can only speculate because we don't really know. Um, I think maybe part of it is that they just didn't account for stasis being as deadly as it was and they because i mean they didn't have as large of a population playing i'm sure they have internal testing but if you have a studio of six seven hundred individuals i'm sure only a handful are doing play testing most of them are and they were working from home at the time too and they're working from home too so So that does bring upon quite a few challenges in that regard but overall i do think that they did the best they could and it's great to see that they responded and fixed a lot of what the community was complaining about yeah it had to be reined in it had to be you know it was just you would eventually you would have had a massive exodus you know just because it would just would have people would have got fed up with it eventually and we know season 15 will bring us even more changes into destiny we will have crossplay for the first time ever in Destiny. It's going to be very interesting because you have a fairly large population of players who are playing the game. And while we have mentioned before that Crucible on the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X will run in 120 frames, that will be an option. However, We also have to be mindful that most people do not have PlayStation 5s today or Xbox Series Xs. They're they're not widely available where you can just go and pick one up. So I think a lot of the population will still be playing on console, on the last-gen consoles. And I'm curious, how will this impact the Crucible landscape where you have players who are playing in 30 frames, but then you have players who are playing above 100 frames. Will this... forty? You could have some people play in 240, like on yeah. their PC, on some of their, those monitors. Yeah. You know, so yeah. So how, how will this impact things going into next season with uh, season 15? There's going to be some sort of, uh, I think, effect with this happening. There is an opt-in or opt-out, you know, you don't have to play with, uh, you don't have to play with people on PC if you don't want to. I probably will just because I'm a glutton for punishment, you know, and I just, you know, more people in the pool, it's just, uh, you know, better, better matchmaking, you know, uh, there'll be more people in the pool, so you won't be pairing, you might get matches where you won't be going against sweats all the time you know hopefully it'll be more uh balanced and things like that um but there is going to be a skill gap though between somebody who's 30 frames and somebody who else who's at 120 or higher for sure that definitely will happen um when i transitioned from playstation back to pc um for a little bit there i was jumping in between the two and playing with both with friends on playstation and friends on pc I would keep my frame set at 30 and my FOV the same. And it was just basically mimicking console and throttling down my PC. And I know that a lot of people think I'm crazy, but it was to prevent my 
it was to prevent me from having to adjust constantly back and forth and also preventing me from having massive eye strain from the changes. It's the worst. It was horrible. And yeah, the difference was telling once I, you know, cranked it back up to 105 FOV in 60 frames, I felt like, you know, I felt like a significantly better player. So taking those tools away from someone, things like Dawnblade that have so much graphical effects in the middle of your super, when you have a, a smaller FOV, significantly harder to use. You don't have the same type of mobility. You don't have the same type of visibility. It will absolutely increase that skill gap, but I love the fact that it's opt-in and I think it's for the best. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And uh, I think that the skill gap will begin to diminish as the next-gen consoles become more widely available and as the game becomes more optimized. I have a strange feeling that this cross-play functionality will be disabled in certain activities like trials because I think that Bungie will quickly find out that it's going to be very difficult to balance the game and it, it's going to create its own set of challenges that we don't quite even know will exist. But I, I do see trials being an activity that will not get this crossplay functionality, or maybe it will at, at start, but it may get disabled at some point. Yeah, and I, I'm very interested to see how they handle it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we know that. Destiny made quite a big change in making Crucible free-to-play. Do we think that was the right call? Do we think that it helped the game overall? No, I, I, I think it was... Well, I think Trials should have always been behind the season pass, to be totally honest. Um, the rest of it, comp, there's, there's really no incentive to play comp anymore outside of the titles. Uh, and a lot of the people that are serious about the titles, most of them that I know already have Unbroken since it's been out for so many seasons at this point. Um, yeah, I, I think Trial should have been behind the season pass, personally. I think that would help alleviate some of the cheating, not all of it, but some of it. Uh, a lot of them, though, I think that with the cheating issue, if they're able to be doing so many carries because they're cheating in a weekend and they can make $500 from going flawless so many times if you have to if you have to spend 60 bucks on a weekend to make x amount of hundreds you'll probably do that every single weekend and just make fresh accounts i don't know how much it would uh it would deter but in my opinion i think the trial should have been behind the season pass yeah and not only that just crucible in general uh yeah i feel like it has you know diminished since the uh free-to-play aspect because we were getting new maps mm-hmm. and we were getting like pinnacle weapons or even just ritual weapons or whatever, you know, like, um, I mean, in there, cause now it, now it's just one weapon and you get like a skin, like, right. It's a one weapon across, uh, the activities or one of the, and then you get a skin for a, like, uh, Very true. A, a, a gambit one, a crucible one and a Vanguard one. So, yeah, I mean, it, I feel like it has kind of uh, free to play has kind of hurt it a little bit um, when it comes to that aspect. Cause I mean, basically they put their resources other places. You know what I'm saying? Like we got, we haven't gotten a new map since what? Um, it's been, been over, over five, a year and a half. Yeah. It's been over 500 days at this point. Yeah. 
Um, I haven't gotten the new maps. Um, the new game modes that we did get, what, what was it, like the Team Scorched or something? Like, they, did they bring that band, what it was, like Crucible Labs or something? Crucible Labs had so much tested. potential, and I, I'm so yeah. sad to see it go away. Uh, I, I thought that it was going to be a place where they would kind of test the waters, and I thought that it was going to be, hey, we want to see how tuning this specific thing will be, so go in here and help us test it. I thought it was going to be that, or hey, there's this new game mode that we're interested in. Go into Crucible Labs and play this game mode and then give us feedback. Do you like it? Do you hate it? What could we do differently? That's what I thought it was, and it was there for a couple of seasons. And then it they just abandoned ooh, it completely. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, I, I think that if they introduce something like a lightless PvP in, uh, in Crucible Labs, I think a lot of the higher-level PvP players that are waiting for Halo, if that came back and there was that less ability spam pvp mode for them to sink their teeth into they would eat that up i personally wouldn't i i like destiny i like the abilities um but a lot of people disagree like a, with me. i was like a gun game type type mode yeah or like, like shoddy snipes and uh, that kind of stuff where it was a fixed yeah. loadouts that kind of stuff would be awesome even if it was just all blue weapons just put that kind of stuff in the game yeah. directly in crucible labs i think it would be great i i i, I agree i like that a lot because gun game is like one of my favorite modes in like call of duty like I like getting a kill with a weapon, and then they, you go to the next weapon. Oh, and that. the next weapon. So you, that's what you yeah. mean. Yeah, I I like that. I thought that that's a that'd be fun in Destiny. Say like, yeah, you start with a blue weapon, or even a green weapon, and then you get a blue, and then maybe you know you kind of level it up through throughout the through the match. That'd yeah. be really cool. Yeah, and that would fit perfectly in Cruci something like Crucible Labs, I think. I think for me, I'd like to see a couple of things be introduced into the Crucible. Um, I would like to see King of the Hill earn some capacity for what we had in Halo. I think that would be really cool. Hill moved. Right? Um, also, I think that space battles would be really amazing. <laughs> they can do something like this, and we've never had anything like this before where you can literally just battle in your spaceships or your sparrows. I, I think that would really... And mission in Halo Reach. That one mission, yeah. Was so mission. much fun. That was yeah. fun. Um, that was we haven't had fun. that before, and I think that would be very unique, and it would create a really fun experience for a lot of players. Um, the other thing is, this is something that Call of Duty has done, I think, pretty well, and that's creating a structure where you can prestige your character based on continuing to play crucible where you get not just like a seal but you get a rank next to your character yeah um i'd like to see something developed a little bit more like that where we have a, a more flushed out ranking system beyond just <laughs> hey get this seal and then you're done right i think there can be so much more to it where you can get more titles in the game, you know, based on what you have achieved. And I don't know, I think there's some opportunities there. And I think that it would be really cool to see Dest to see Bungie flush this out and um, do a little bit more there. Yeah, these have been asks for a really long time, <laughs> actually, to have the so, more fleshed out true ranking system. I know we talked about this a little bit earlier. We touched on this, but we talked about cheating in the Crucible. How is cheating a problem today in the game, and how can Bungie fix 
this problem? Um, one of the biggest problems in the game is that it's made trials inaccessible to play, even players like like me. I mean, I'm I I don't really know what percentage I'm in, but I would wager that I'm I've got to be in the top twelve percent of PPP players, something like that, maybe higher, maybe lower. I don't know. Uh, but if I'm feeling that trials is inaccessible. <laughs> the, the game mode's dead. I mean, you, you've alienated eighty-eight percent of your of your player base at that point. So, yeah, I mean, cheater. It's it's brutal on PC. Between the, it, I believe it's gotten better since some of the stasis adjustments, but I haven't gotten really into trials this season. So I'll have to. This weekend I'll be busy with barbecue. But maybe next weekend I'll dive in. Um, but cheating has been it's scared away a lot of players it scared away a lot of uh the the upper mid-grade pvp players alienated them and it's really just kind of driven and reinforced the whole recovery business and i have a lot of friends that do recoveries i don't really want to talk i don't want to talk uh negatively about it i personally think that it is bad for the health of the game but i respect their hustle i respect their skill set and understand that they're just trying to earn a living so um it is what it is but if there were fewer cheaters, I think that there'd be fewer account recoveries. And if you fix the cheating problem, the game mode would be healthier. And the game mode that I've spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours in and some of my greatest gaming memories of all time have been tied to, that comes back and it's back on the table for me. And I'm able to grind that every weekend, feeling like I'm not going to run into a cheater on game six or game three. And I'm not going to see clips on Twitter of people spamming rapid fire colony shots in round one. Uh, and, you know, the more people post those clips on Twitter, the more damage it does to the game mode. Uh, they're trying to show the developers that this is still a problem. You guys need to do something about it. But then the rest of the player base is like, whoa, all right, this is still an issue. I'm not going there. I'm not going to waste my time in a game mode that is, you know, not designed to reward my time unless I go flawless. And it seems like I'm not going to be able to. People are spamming Colony at me, uh, you know, once a card. So I, I don't know what they can do. It's, it's a grim situation on PC. They, there's so many cheats that are out there, and I feel like once they detect one, another one comes out, and I, I have no idea what they'll be able to do. I hope that they're able to hire people that are way smarter than me to figure it out and that this can all be put behind us and that the game mode that I love so much can kind of come back and become a, a healthier uh, experience for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one one option is like what you said, put, you know, make it paid. Make that make, would certainly you know, deter that's, some. That's a start. Have yeah. some sort of idea of an anti-cheat. You know, invest in something that, you know, I don't know exactly how to do it because I'm not a developer. Yeah, you know. So, but you got to have like the biggest games have have an anti-cheat, right? Like Fortnite yep. and like Apex, Apex and things like that. Valorant. Yeah, they haven't Valorant. They have anti-cheats. The anti-cheat in those other games. I don't certainly more effective I, than Destiny's. I know that Destiny does yeah. have an anti-cheat. I see the banners that pop up. Um I, I see that there is detection. It's just not anywhere close to as effective as it needs to be. And I know that the, the Cosmo has specifically stated that they do have an anti-cheat. I just have no idea what it does. Uh, the visibility is very minimal and they don't talk about it probably because they don't want to tip their hand to the people that are designing these cheats 
to be able to work around it. So it starts with, you know, make it paid and then you can invest more into an anti-cheat. Yeah. I feel like, you know, like you could take that money and put it back yeah. into having an anti-cheat, a true anti-cheat. Yeah. If you can't have dedicated servers, then find a way to have some sort of client side like thing where you can detect cheaters yeah. more regularly. You know, that's, yeah. that's how I feel. I think that's probably the single most detrimental thing in Crucible today, and that's dealing with the cheating and all of the problems that plague PC, especially with all of this. So I really hope that Bungie is able to figure out a way to add a meaningful anti-cheat system that will discourage players from cheating, but also make the playing field more fair in the game we don't know how it was when they were with battle net right because we really didn't have trials for that long when because it didn't come back until season of the worthy right. and they were already with steam yeah so we don't really right. know how effective the anti-cheat was when they were with battle net I, I will say that it felt significantly stronger um I, I don't think I ever really saw... I certainly never saw the Harry Potter-style cheats of people flying around the map with yeah, Infinite... Through yeah, exactly, with Infinite Wardcliffe or Colony or whatever. I never saw that uh, before moving to Steam. So it, it yeah. probably did something. I just have no idea really what. Yeah. It would be really interesting to sit down with a Bungie developer and just ask, you know, how how does this all work and and how can this be improved as an overall system i would be very interested Ooh, to learn more about that hard-hitting questions the hard-hitting <laughs> questions so another question that i'm curious about is what do we think about the crucible in season 15 what do we want to see next season and the witch queen next year um a renewed focus <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a lot of the stuff that they've itemized will go a long way but uh ultimately more than maps i i want to see that focus on a ladder system and and i want there to be a compelling reason to grind the competitive modes outside of trials i want comp to mean something i, I want to be able to go in there solo and grind my way up to rank 50 uh and you know, the, the whole glory up to 5,500, it's kind of meaningless. There's nothing at the end of that right. railroad right. Yeah. for us. There, there's nothing there. There is no pot of gold there. Um, so Those, there's no carrot. Nothing. Yeah. There's nothing. I mean, there's no ornament. There's no emblem. There's, there's nothing outside of the title. So incentivize us to grind it. Um, I, I say that knowing yeah. full well that by incentivizing it, it'll only ramp up the cheating that are, that's associated with the mode, but... Hopefully that gets ironed out too, but I, I want incentive to play 3v3 versus 6v6. Um, that's the number one thing on my on my list, even more so than maps and game modes. Yeah, no, that's well said. I would love to see some new maps introduced into the game, maybe bring back some old maps if they're not able to make new maps. Um, bring, just... bring some big, big maps. Bring back Bastion. Bring, bring back First Light. You already have it in the game on the moon. What is it called? The lunar something? The lunar playground? The lunar battlegrounds? The lunar battlegrounds, right. I think it's called, or something. You already have it in the game. So 
Yeah. No, I mean, I, if, if we're getting a map, please, for the love of God, give me a, uh, a Deepstone Crypt map. Give me a Europa map. Give me a Vex Network map. Yeah. Um, but something Tron-themed or, uh, or Prophecy Dungeon-themed, anything like that would be epic. Yeah, yeah, themed around the dungeon would be really cool. And I don't know if they've really done that before, so it would be really interesting to see Bungie recreate a dungeon and make it into a really, really cool crucible map. Yeah, I don't think we've had a, uh, an Ascendant Realm map either. No, no. Not that I think that cool. would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we had like a crucible map that required for you to also do jumping puzzles <laughs> in the process of shooting people. That would be really crazy. And yeah, nuts. like like the hazards back in Gears of War or something. Yeah. Yeah. Do you both remember in the division they had something called Dark Zone, where yeah. it was kind of a fusion between PVE and PvP? And I know that Bungie made an effort to do that with Gambit, but it wasn't truly pve pvp together it was like you have both in the match but they weren't all at once right i would be curious to see if that's something that could work in destiny i think it would be pretty interesting to see maybe a raid but where you're also not only fighting against bosses but you're fighting against other guardians that would be kind of cool that would be amazing (laughs) that would that would get me to raid way more if if you basically gamatized a raid. Oh my god, I would love it. Not only yeah. do you gotta worry about the ads, you gotta worry about guardians yeah. like trying to kill you. <laughs> and like, make it really rewarding. Make it really worthwhile. Make it a really fun experience. I think I think we're really onto something here. Can you imagine you can take one of the Kingsfall? big arenas, like the Aerial Zone, the EAZ, or something like that? Um, and I feel like you could do something with that. That's true. You know, yeah. Don't do EAZ because I feel like it's special that it comes back once a year in Solstice. And if it came back more than that, I feel like it would maybe overstay its welcome. I'd like to see something different because then they're not gonna give us that unique thing once a year. Take yeah, the Cosmodrome then. Just take it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And like, I mean, take the steps. It's such a yeah. large environment. I mean, it's where it all began, right? I mean, they can really do some really cool things there. Or, like, imagine where you have to, like, fight against time and you're competing against other clans where you have to complete an activity within a specific time window, but then also, like, at the end, you have to fight other guardians. Like, they can really mix things up and make it very fun and interesting and something that we've never had before. That would be really cool. But uh, imagine... Yeah like a gambit encounter in something like say king's fall where you've got the runner and the one person's the runner and suddenly they're doing the platforms and and an invader comes on the field and they fly up there and they tractor cannon the person off the platform and, and scuff their whole yeah, raid or, or, or superman them <laughs> they do the thunder right, crash right <laughs> like my rift yeah my exactly that would that would be hilarious <laughs> yeah yeah that would be pretty cool for them to do but we'll see we'll see what happens it's it's something that you know we're really hoping for and i don't see it happening before the witch queen because i think that yeah, the sure. teams are pretty much all hands on deck really trying to make that expansion the best that it can be that's why i think season 15 might be a little bit lighter because i mean if their main game was delayed 
I think they're really focusing on that game. And also, let's not forget, Bungie is also actively developing something new, something that we don't even know what it is. And I think several of the directors at Bungie are in their Twitter titles they have working on Undisclosed or like some new game that we don't even know. I would assume it's Matter, the the game that Bungie contracted with uh, NetEase, right? Yeah, some of it is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Working on Matter. And yeah. Last thing that I want to touch on with The Crucible is what aspects of the current meta do you both feel needs change at this moment? And how would you change it? Um, for me, the biggest outlier, uh, if I have to pick one, oh, God. Um, I'm going to go with the Dead Man's Tale Catalyst. It's being able to hip fire with that type of accuracy, with that amount of damage output, at that rate of fire, at that distance, is so incredibly oppressive especially when there's multiple there is no downside to the weapon using any weapon that isn't dmt on mouse and keyboard is putting yourself at a disadvantage regardless of map i, I mean i'm i'm using heavy pulse rifles and i'm getting outranged by somebody who's hip firing with lion rampant floating in the air kind of weaving in and out of of cover just hip firing away. It's way too much. It needs to be drastically uh, tuned. The, the gun is very unique. A lot needs to be done to it. I hope they hit it hard enough. It sucks for console players. I get that it's, I hear that it's not that bad on console as is and, and hitting it super hard will hurt it, but maybe they can split it. Maybe they can hit it harder on PC. They've done that before where they've tuned things differently for console versus PC uh, or mouse and keyboard versus controller, I should say specifically. Maybe they can do that again and, and dial it in perfectly, but it needs aggressive attention and as soon as possible. I think it needed it a month ago. Um, so every week that goes by without an adjustment is another week too long. What makes the hip fire so accurate? Uh, the um, catalyst increases yeah. hip fire accuracy. And you're already accurate with it. My on mouse uh, and keyboard and you yeah, know you've got no. scout rifle targeting um specifically with lion rampage at that distance yeah exactly yeah. the distance is crazy it, it's basically last word with scout rifle range and you're, wow. you're talking about a 120 rpm archetype that with any type of damage buff becomes a two tap so that's a 0.5 wow. ttk from across the map hip fired so they have maximum mobility they can be up in the air with high energy fire or whatever uh, other damage buff oh and by the way the gun itself has a damage buff built in based on critical hits so it's <laughs> it's just kind of crazy um specifically with titans and top tree dawn those types of aerial classes that increase their accuracy whether in the air with lion rampants or with heat rises it's way over tuned uh, and it needs to be addressed as quickly as humanly possible it's crazy the you know disparity between you know pc and console with that weapon like too how as far how strong it is that's I'm, what i'm hearing i mean it is it is crazy and it's all over twitter everybody that i play pvp pvp with is like screaming about 
nerf DMD, nerf it to the ground. Oh my God. And then I'll, I'll say something about it. And I try as hard as I can to stay respectful and, um, and be more mild mannered with whatever opinions that I share. And I try to be objective, but that one got the better of me. I was a little bit spicier than I usually am. And somebody said, please don't do this. It's not that bad on console and you're going to murder my favorite weapon and almost no one uses it here. So I, I feel for it. I'm hoping that Bungie can uh, use a deft touch and get it right on PC and right on console, but something's got to be done for sure. I'm going to be a little controversial. Like, I, I want um, I want a No Land Beyond back. I I loved No Land Beyond, like, in D1. I, I wonder what it would be like in D2. I just... I don't know. I, I just that gun was such a meme kind of gun, uh, but like it, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. You know, and yeah, I loved getting no scopes with that weapon. Yeah, <laughs> I think they'll bring it back. I, I do. You know, the other thing that I'd like to see get a little bit of love in the Crucible is the Vex Mythic class because right now it's just not doing anything, and I think Bungie was overly careful this time around to make sure that it's not going to be deadly or at least nearly as deadly as it was in d1 when the game first launched but i do think it needs to be made into a more viable option especially as the pinnacle end game reward that you know you're ultimately chasing by completing the most difficult activity in the game yep i agree with that so make Vex Mythoclast great again. Uh, but yeah, I'm actually going to try to maybe use the Dead Man's Tale because I'm not the greatest Crucible player. So I'm just curious, you know, can I actually get kills in it? If you uh, so have I might the have catalyst, to grind out. if you have the catalyst, I think you'll have a, you'll have a good time. I don't know if I do. I'm, I'm going to have to see if I do because I'm curious. There's a website called destinysets.com. Mm-hmm amazing website and you can actually check which catalysts you have so i'm gonna see if i have the catalyst for that weapon uh but while i check that i know we have another segment to cover tonight before we wrap things up and that is the weekly update from bungie we got a whole new twab this week and uh, shadow price do you want to dive into what we learned about in this week's Bungie Weekly Update. Yeah. Um, so the Endless Night story continues, and we have the Vault of Glass challenges are here. Have you guys had a chance to do any of the... Well, I know me and Corn did, like, one of the challenges on the... Uh, what was it? The Conflux. Yeah, the, the one where uh, just wait for it challenge, I, I finished that the other day. Um, fun challenge. Pretty easy. I, I'm excited the challenge mode is back. Yeah. Yeah, so we had a chance to get that extra reward for that challenge, so it was good. We we didn't finish the raid though. <laughs> Apparently, we we had a group that just we we, we couldn't get past the gate. I mean, and we've done it so many times before. The gatekeeper just you know, people were just I don't know. They were doing something else. Apparently, well, so my problem because I was I was covering the plate on the left side, right, and then normally. I cover the plate. Normally, I don't go in the portal, so I'm not super experienced. Yeah, I don't know why they kept making you go in the portal. Now, when I went in the portal, I could not figure out for the life of me how to stay alive between all of the ads that I had to take care of on my own and then the wyvern. So something was off with me. I definitely take some blame. 
has in vengeance. Oh. If you have one with overflow and I like, do, I have a god roll. I have one with vorpal and overflow. Yeah, that's so, that's, I mean, I that's the really key. One. Yeah, shoot it right at it. Two rockets. Nah, Two rockets okay. takes down a wyvern. Well, you know so. what? The next time we play, I'm gonna switch that up and I'm gonna make sure to go inside the portal so I can GG and figure out how to stay alive because I could not for the life of me. And I think earlier in the week I played too and I had to go in the portal and I just couldn't figure it out. So hopefully the Hesn Vengeance will help me on my quest to achieve greatness in Destiny. Quick update, Dead Man's Tale, I do have the catalyst, uh, although I do need to get 800 kills before I fully master work it so it's going to be probably something that i will work on maybe tonight um quick tip if you're working on catalyst if you go into the thrallway room you can probably get a checkpoint on lfg or hit me right. up at some point if you need a checkpoint because i will probably get a checkpoint tonight and i'll just go in and get my kills and you should be able to get that done within like 30 minutes to an hour there's so many thrall that you kill uh, so get your dead man's tail, check it out, try it out before it gets fixed. So we got Grandmaster Nightfall is coming next week. Um, it's uh, returning aspirational content and uh, that's going to be challenged by stronger enemies, tricky modifiers, terrifying champions and beefy bosses as you hunt for powerful rewards. Your revives are limited, so you want to be strategic in your engagement engagements. So saving ammo to burn down specific, specific targets at a moment's notice and using supers to keep your teammates alive. Make sure you have the appropriate mods equipped to keep your abilities up as often as possible. So you must be at 1335 power to enter Grandmaster Nightfall events. It's a mix of both pinnacle power, which can be earned from numerous activities and your artifact power. So a combination of those two will get you to 1335 to be able to uh, take part in the activity. Um, Plug One, Hung Jury, and Uzum, Uzume RR4 will each be available as adept weapons, receiving additional stats when fully masterworked and the ability to take the adept weapon mods. So each week, the Grandmasters will cycle Lord Difficulty Nightfalls like they do right now. And as you complete each strike, you'll earn progress towards the Triumphs and unlock the Conqueror title. I'm only two away, so we need two Grandmasters to get the Conqueror title. Oh, um, wow. That's awesome. Yep. So you've been um, grinding last season, huh? I did, yeah. So I'm looking forward to them coming back next week. I got to get, get up. Fun yeah. fact, I have not played a Grandmaster Nightfall ever. I have never played it. Uh, I didn't reach max level last season, so I didn't reach the uh, ability to play that. But this season, I am now 1336 on my or no 1337 on my highest character so i am definitely ready for grandmaster nightfalls yeah yeah it's so what uh level am i <clears throat> definitely uh, there were two uh, the what was it the proven grounds one that, oh my god that was so hard last season i i couldn't i couldn't get a completion on that one so uh, I will hopefully be going for two of the other ones that I mean there are some crazy ones in there this season like the disgraced uh, I don't think oh my god that one's gonna be pain it's gonna be tough pain mm -hmm. personified 
Yeah. What's what's going to be a good strategy for that nightfall? What oh. do you people think? Probably Titan Bubbles or uh, Thunder Crash, I believe. Thunder Crash uh, is certainly the melt strat. Maybe one with the Ursa. Yeah. Possibly. Rally Barricade and uh, yeah, not for, I meant Banner Shield. Listen to me. Banner yeah. Shield with uh, yeah. Thunder Crash if you're running Titans. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Banner Shield and Maybe a well, you know, Maybe. for, you know, survivability. Uh, Chaos Reach, Banner Shield, Chaos Reach. Mm -hmm. um, those are all some strats. Make Probably sure you have wells. Yeah. Yeah, wells. Definitely. Wells good. What about, like, weapons? What weapons do you think will be useful as we get ready? Well, you'll need the ones for champions, whatever they have for champions. Um, you know, for overload, if you'll need either a hand cannon or a um, a submachine gun, SMG, right? Yeah. So probably yeah. a fate bringer with firefly would be good. Yeah, so I it would seems say. Like it. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, for barrier, like a scout, like a vision, mm -hmm. or um, uh, hung jury, yeah. um, something like that. And then maybe anar anarchy. For breach and clear. Anarchy is always a great choice. <laughs> Anarchy is always tops, like as far as in your you load out you it's always good to have an anarchy in there. What about something like salvage your salvo? Will that take away from the anti-barrier and overload? Breach and clear. It, yeah, salvage breach and clear and unstoppable yeah. on that. So yeah. certainly yeah. Uh, yeah. an option. Plus you could put on yeah, the blind grenades. On yeah. uh what's it called? The uh Truth teller with blinding grenades could certainly be a be a strat for grandmasters. Yeah. Yep. Um, so continuing on, uh, all featured strikes will be available through Grandmaster Node starting on August third. The catch up node will be available through the end of the season. Um, on July thirteenth, the Nightfall reward rotation will enter a four week cycle. Week one grants the plug one. Week two will grant the hung jury. Week three, we're going to the Azumi RR4. And week four will feature Shadow Price, Palindrome, and the Swarm as potential rewards. So those will be rotated back into the rotation uh, starting on uh, the fourth week after uh, July 13th. Um, so How do you feel about being featured, Shadow Price? Are you honored? <laughs> Does it feel yeah. good? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's always good to make an appearance again <laughs> um so yeah if you haven't had a chance to get your shadow price or a good roll on shadow price or like uh, these they're gonna drop randomly like it, you're so it's gonna be one of the three right like you can keep like running it to try to get one of these i'm guessing during that fourth week from it, the looks it of sounds it. like they will drop in random rotation yeah that's pretty cool. I'll probably be running it a lot that week then, if that's the case. Um, so in season 15, there are changes coming uh, next season for the way for you to guild your Conqueror title. And there's some new nice, there's some nice new changes for Zavala and his vendor rewards. Um, so we have those. People think to. they will change. Because, I mean, they're clearly teasing something here with... Uh, they're going to make it like um, it is for Crucible and Gambit. 
basically. Yeah, right? I think you're right. Yeah, that makes that sense. That makes a lot of sense. You're great. As you level up through the ladder, you're going to get rewards and things like that. You know, there's some semblance of a ranking system there. And hopefully the rewards, they, you know, change up the rewards a little bit from the sounds of it, too. So stay tuned to that. Um, so now uh, <laughs> to embrace the meme fully, Bungie has made us made a toaster. So you can get that bread literally um, on the Bungie store. There is an actual toaster. Um, so 10% of the profits from the sales of the Destiny toaster will go to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And they'll actually toast a tricorn onto your bread. It comes with a free sandwich container so you can keep your food safe during the quests. And it comes with a fancy Burt Edges in-game emblem. And the emblem looks pretty cool, too. I'm not going to lie. The emblem looks awesome. Yeah. Are we going to buy a Destiny toaster? Is is this going to happen? Uh, we might. I mean, <laughs> we still need to get the raid jacket and a raid ring. So it's like... It's, how much how much is a toaster what's the damage on it i think it's 90 dollars 90 dollars yeah i think it's, I think it's, yeah, I think it's 90 dollars and 10 percent of that goes to saint jude and then you get the uh yeah it's um obviously it's very steep and way more than people were expecting i'm sure that they they did this in a very limited capacity and that increases the cost of goods i, I think I can't justify spending ninety dollars for for a toaster. My what? if it was a four four toast toaster, I might consider yeah, for it. Two. But it's only a two. Yeah, it's only a two toast toaster. Yeah, um, I will not be getting it. Um, Who's getting that bread? I mean, anybody, <laughs> anybody in chat? Are you guys gonna get that bread? Oh uh, no! Oh, it looks I like Ghost Possum bought expensive. the toaster. I thought you it was gonna it. be like fifty bucks tops. <laughs> That's Man. that's rough. And you know what? The other thing that I'm like, it, I don't have beef about it because they're donating some money to charity yeah, and to for the sure. kids. But I do think that if you're going to promote something like that and you're going to say we're giving profits to charity in such an important cause, it should be more than 10%. I agree with that too. I, I just, I didn't understand it. I, I just, they, they, they could have done more. I'm sure Bungie is not that hungry for that profit where they couldn't have done more, especially with that steep of a price point. You know, I, I'm, that's just my thought. Yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen them. To, this would have been complicated for them to explain, but I would have liked to have seen them do some type of a sliding scale where if they sold out, um, they would be able to know how much profit they made and they would donate more of it based on overall sales if they sold 100 percent of them then they have no real cost because all the costs were covered maybe they donate 50 percent of the profits or something like that anything more than 10 percent to me would have been a win i imagine this probably cost them somewhere around you know 40 dollars landed and they're worried that not a lot of people are going to buy it so they're trying to make sure that they're they don't eat their shirts that's my guess um but who knows yeah, but also, like, it's a pre-order item that will not arrive until from December 2021 to January 2022, so it doesn't seem like they have any kind of inventory already right. stacked up. Like, they are going to produce them based on the number of sales that they receive. So 
this just didn't really make sense to me, especially during a time when the the entire community is doing so much for the children with GCX and everything else. I think that Bungie could have used this item as an opportunity to really give back to the kids. But that's just like my 50 opinion. bucks. Like it would be a little easier, like pill to swallow. Yeah, 50 100%. bucks and like 20 to 25% give yeah. you know, to charity. Um, but I, I do love that emblem. I'm it's not a gorgeous gonna, that emblem. emblem. That is a cool emblem. I've that played. emblem is fire. Yeah. Straight gas. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, don't let your memes be dreams, as uh, some say, as DMG says. I like that. Get, get that bread, literally. <laughs> and it looks like some people in our chat have gotten that bread <laughs> or will be getting that bread. Um, so moving on. Uh, so there's new Prime rewards uh, coming for Amazon Prime members. Uh, if you have Twitch Prime or if you have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime. So uh, the, the rewards the, that are available are the All Alone Exotic Emote, the SV-112 Predator Exotic Sparrow, the Fire Victorious Exotic Ghost Shell, and the Breakpoint Legendary Ship. So you can visit the Prime Gaming Portal to claim your bread. Uh, so there's some Destiny player support updates. Um, cross-save reminders. Uh, prior to activ activating cross-save between the platform accounts, players should understand the following. Uh, cross-save does not permanently transfer your characters or game data to another platform. This is not possible to perform. The account containing the characters that you wish to use across multiple platforms must be selected as the active cross-save. The 90-day deactivation period for the deactivating cross-save is mandatory, unskippable, and there are no exceptions to the policy. So they go on to say that DLC and Silver do not transfer between platforms of cross-save, and cross-save is only supported for Destiny 2 and cannot be used for on Destiny 1 characters. Sad face. <laughs> Vault of Glass rewards reminder. Uh, players who are interested in purchasing the Vault of Glass Raid Ring and the Vault of Glass Raid Jacket have until June 30th at 9.59 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time to claim your reward through the Bungie Rewards page, or they will be unable to purchase this associated item. Players will have until June 30th, 11.59 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time to purchase the Raid Ring and Jacket through the Bungie store. So, Cornholio, make sure you don't miss out your chance to get your Raid Jacket and Raid Ring. You have till 11.59 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time on June 30th to get your bread. Yeah, so I'm definitely not getting the toaster. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, you got some more important bread to get. We have more important bread to acquire. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few more announcements. Uh, previous season pass rewards do not refresh upon selecting different characters in the browser. If three players use the final gravity lift at the same time in the Warden of Nothing strike, one will always die on the way down. Players may want to wait outside the bubble and join your allies in progress to circumvent dying. Uh, so that's how I was always dying. I'm just going to wait outside then. Uh, Ada 1 has a flashy waypoint icon after players obtain 150 Sith Strand, even if there are no more bounties to acquire. And then finally, enemies may appear to stand in mid-ear mid-air near certain platforms on Europa. So for the full list of uh, issues on Destiny 2, in Destiny 2, players can review the Known Issues article. 
and then players who observe other issues can uh, report them to the help forum. And we have our movies of the week that are always entertaining. Um, so congratulations to the winners of those and you guys can check them out. And we got uh, the art art artists of the week and really cool Trials of Osiris uh, gif. That's pretty that's pretty pretty cool. It has like kind of a retro look to it a little bit. And uh, always great to see the artists in the community displaying their uh, products and everything. And we are very grateful for that. And yeah. that's uh, that's the TWAB. That's pretty much it, guys. Yeah, wow. That's a, I think it was a pretty decent TWAB. Now, Hathmatics, we do have a tradition on the Destiny show where we rate the Bungie weekly update, or this week at Bungie, in the form of spicy tuna rolls. One being you probably don't want that spicy tuna because you will get sick. Deathly sick. And five being the best spicy tuna that money can buy. In traditional form, how would you rate this week's Bungie weekly update between one and five spicy tuna rolls? Uh, I would say a three. I would, you know, you're not going to die. Probably wouldn't go out of your way to go back and have seconds. If it's, you know, on your way home from work, maybe you'd, maybe you'd call ahead and pick it up. Nothing more, no more additional effort outside of that. Yeah. I'll take it. I can respect that. Shadow Price, what about you? What would you give this week's Bungie Weekly update? I was going to give it a four, but I'm going to go back to the 3.5 because that toaster is just a little too expensive. It's a little too much bread, you know, basically. I, cool concept, very cool, but just a little too pricey for my liking. Um, but, I mean, I do appreciate the other PSAs that we get in here it's always nice to be informed of things um but yeah just you know an okay bungee weekly update i know i said it bungee weekly update it'll always be bungee weekly update to me we will always be old school so mm -hmm. i'm kind of torn on this one because i want to take some points off because 10 percent for the kids that's it come on bungee you can do better i know you can do better um it's a cool toaster but 85 dollars for a toaster plus shipping <laughs> and only 10 percent goes to the kids they can do and only better. two pieces of bread <laughs> and only two pieces of bread now we do get a bread sandwich holder with your purchase yeah with it yeah but you know i almost feel like that's something you can go to walmart and buy for like three dollars right like I, I don't know probably like a buck so, yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. Maybe a buck. So I don't know. They could have done a little bit more there. I do think it looks really, really cool, and uh, the emblem looks amazing. Um, I also really like the changes that are coming to Nightfalls, where the rewards will go on rotation, and the game will be, you know, much more accessible to people who are chasing after whatever drop they're looking for. So I think it's going to encourage players to play more nightfalls good quality of life change it's great that grandmaster nightfalls are coming into the game 
next week. I think that's a good change. So I think for me overall, I'm going to give it a three out of five spicy tuna rolls. I think the quality of life change with um, these strikes are a good change in the game, although I do think they could have done a little bit more with that toaster to help out the kids because, you know, the kids need help. So I'm going to say three out of five spicy tuna rolls from Cornholio. So Guardians, it has been an amazing, amazing evening. Thank you all so, so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for tuning in live. Thank you for listening wherever you listen to podcasts. And Hadmatics, thank you so, so much for joining us. It was such a pleasure and such an honor to have you on as our guest. And uh, we had an absolute blast. So thank you so, so much for your time and for everything that you do in our community. It was truly a pleasure to get to know you tonight. Thank you so much for having me. It was, uh, I, I had a blast too. Um, needs quite a bit to, uh, to get the invite. And it's an honor to have you here. And uh, thank you for your time. And before we let you go, where can the Guardians learn more about you and what you do? Um, so I'm on Twitter at Hathematics. Um, I am, when I stream, I, uh, I'm twitch.tv slash Hathematics underscore, uh, and I'm on YouTube at youtube.com slash Hathematics. I'm also in uh, Ascendant cool. Nomad's uh, Discord community, and I was one of the Sherpas and mods there as well. So if you're looking for PvP advice, uh, tutelage, or a healthy non-toxic scrim environment, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Strongly, strongly um, endorsed. Go check out the tribe, his community, and I will see you there. Very cool. And we will make sure to include the links in our show notes so the Guardians can find you there. And Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you? You can find me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79 and also here on the Destiny Show podcast every Thursday night. It was a pleasure having you on, Hathmatics. Uh, Awesome learning about your barbecue prowess, and I'm definitely looking forward to uh, getting one of those smokers. Awesome. Sometime. If you have any questions so. at all, feel free to uh, you know hit me up. I'd be happy to guide you. Awesome. Great. Great call. Will do. And Guardians, you can find the Destiny Show podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. We're on Amazon and every other podcast major platform you can also find us at the destiny show on twitter we're on the web at thedestinyshow.com and you can also find us on discord at thedestinycommunity.com guardians we're just getting started next week we are joined with the world's first team member for vault of glass in destiny 2 we're so excited for that We're going to learn more about Endgame and how to become legend as we fight through to achieve greatness in the Grandmaster Nightfalls and we get ready for the Master Raids that will be coming the following week. The Guardians, we hope you tune in for that and thank you so, so much for joining us tonight on the Destiny Show podcast and we will see you all next week. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big. 